Hello and welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky, Yerky Boys. Boys. Visser today. This is a big one. Visser. I hardly Visser. even know her. <laughs> have we never right done that Visser. before? <laughs> I have. You know, it feels like we must have, but I don't remember doing it. Yeah, now I know we've said pow right in the viscer off pod. I don't know if we've said that one on pod. Have we? I know I have. <laughs> okay. That <laughs> Maybe must it was be just where I got it. To myself. I mean, <laughs> I might have been alone at the time. Yeah, this book was released in uh, October 1999. So same month, according to Seropedia, as the last m- numbered book. Yes. Yeah, this one and the numbered book uh, came out in the same month. Pretty crazy. Like yeah, a week later or what? The same I'm not day? sure. <laughs> I don't know. And and as we recall, the, the last book ended with To Be Continued in Visser. Yeah, it would suck so. if you accidentally read this first. <laughs> Whoops. We, we need someone to write in who remembers when these books came out. Like, was there a set... Was it the first week of the month every month? Is there Was there a day of the week? I don't even think there's now there's a day of the week books come out. It's not like movies mm-hmm. or comic books have a day now. It's just kind of whenever the publisher throws them at the store. It's very disorienting. It's, it's, all, it's all disorganized. It's bad. Books suck. <laughs> <laughs> don't read. Um, before we get into Visser, because there's a lot to discuss. And also, I don't know if you said, we're only talking about the first half of Visser today. Yes, yes. You can, if you want to know how much, you can go back and check the end of last episode. But it's only the first half for this uh, this, this pod. Yeah. Or you can look in the episode notes, because I'll write it there, too. I guess. Uh, we do have some, uh, just a couple items to discuss first. Quick, quick mm-hmm. ones. Uh, the first one was, I just wanted to say that from last week's book, which was about... Marco's dad getting remarried. Mm-hmm. I did have a, a funny idea for a song parody, but I don't think it's, I don't think I'm going to make a full length parody song. I, so I just wanted to sing it for you and get your feedback here. Just, just live and just see what you think. Okay. Uh, feedback for the song can be sent to the Yerky boys at gmail.com. Oh yeah. I just meant like you, I didn't, the listeners, the listeners fine. should too, I think. Okay. Sure. 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 <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. You ready? Okay, okay. Okay, what about something? Like, this is not, like, fully fleshed yeah. out, but this is just... Right, I think right. This, I think something like this would be funny. Uh, so it's like... So here's to you, Mrs. Robinette. Marco loves you more than you could know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. That's so, like, that's the idea. I mean, I, uh, the first line you had me sold. The second one, I, I, I don't know. It, maybe it needs some workshopping. Marco instead of Jesus. It's Marco. Right, but Marco doesn't like her. I mean, what if, what if it was about no, Euclid? But Euclid that's... bites you. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. The idea is that she doesn't think, you know, Marco hides his true feelings, but he really mm. has grown fond of her. I see, I see. Yes, yeah, more well, than we'll keep that know. in mind. That we'll, we workshop that one. Okay, so there's you – know, this is just so, so people understand. I don't just write every idea I have. Only You only get the gold. Right. This, this is the – this idea, which most people right now are thinking, that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. 
that's not even good enough to to make my list. That's that's just that's scrap. That's a rough draft that goes nowhere. Yeah, this is us. This is you panning for Thank gold you. in the river, and you see a glint, and you're not sure if it's gold or not yet. Right, with more investigation to be done. Does glint kind of sound like a racial slur? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe to you. It's too early in the episode for this. <laughs> I see a glint down there. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a racist Southern guy. It's, it's not me. It's because he said panning for gold, and I thought about the Old West, and people were racist back then. Not anymore. Right. The other item we have, <laughs> last week... Last week, <laughs> this is how we make sure no one gets past the first five minutes. Yeah. I, we don't when want we anyone to, to actually hear our stuff. opinions on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both. It's dangerous territory if you listen for like an hour, say. Uh, last week, we mentioned AnamorphsPodcasts.com, which is a repository of all of the Animorphs podcasts that exist, we talked about it last week. Yeah, I, I was sent... so hyped on this, I even remembered it existed. Wow. Did you look at it? <laughs> no. Okay. I emailed the owner of the site, because that's what they say to do, to get your podcast added. Uh, he responded before our episode even went up last week. Wow. And, and put it up on the on the website. Said, thanks for starting this and for reaching out. And then asked about listing, uh, plugging the website on the show <laughs> and said, there are now 37 shows listed. So we are number 37 in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. Animorphspodcasts.com. Yeah. And uh, not only that, last week we were talking about, oh, alphabetically, we'll be at the end. Mm -hmm. He put us right at the top. <laughs> Holy shit. Now, I don't know. This is probably... Um, it's probably like if you're new, maybe he puts you up at the top for a week mm -hmm. or something, or maybe when the next person gets added, because I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts <laughs> that he has to add. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. 37 hey, of them. We might be getting a bump. I haven't uh, checked the numbers lately, but this this could be big for us. All right. Well, when we do our uh, our our, uh, our season wrap up, we'll look at our numbers and we'll we'll talk about that mm. instead of the, the books and people will be excited. <laughs> Yeah, people They'll like that. It. People love hearing about the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's up there at animorphspodcasts.com. We're we're there. We're there. Yeah. So you can see our name on it if you uh, already know enough about us to listen to this episode but want to see uh where you can find out that we exist. This guy pays for the domain animorphspodcasts.com. Like that's worth it to him. It can't it be getting rules. that much traffic. <laughs> it can't be. Okay, that's all my business. Guy. We can we can move on to the book. Okay, look, we're gonna get him on the pod, and then then it'll be relevant. A lot to talk uh, about here. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> one of the first things that I want to bring up here before we get into it is um, so this is a big like lore book right like there are a lot of points that i you know you'll have questions and i'll be like well i think the yorks function like this and you'll be like yeah sure i guess a lot of times a lot of times my evidence for that is coming from this book 
And I think this is going to be like the last big mm. non-Elemist like lore book, right? Like after this, we'll all kind of be on the same page. You know, there's there's mm. not, you know, there'll be like minor things coming, but like these big grand, like how does this society function? How does this work? Uh, at this point, if if you're not sure, then I'm probably not sure either. We've got the same evidence, I think, once we actually finish part two of this. Interesting. Okay. That'll be, that'll be kind of a nice milestone then. Yeah. Uh, here's what's, uh, here's what's interesting to me right off the bat about this book. Mm-hmm. It is listed at, on Seropedia at least as Chronicles number three, but it is not called the Visser Chronicles or the Yerk Chronicles. It's just called Visser. Mm-hmm. So is it, is this just a fan classification or is it officially a quote unquote chronicles book? Like, what does that mean? Is that something different in your mind? Yeah, you know that's a good question. I have always thought of this as a chronicles book. I, I, I wonder if K. A. Applegate thinks that means anything, or or if it was just like, yes, this is this is my other like big. Uh, you know, this is my chance to write about aliens and not the Animorphs and put a whole lot of background info and write like a real actual long book. Uh, well, long by Animorph standards. Um, you know, I wonder, like, do you think she'd be like, sure, I guess, or, or, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense why it's not called that because it isn't, the other one's almost, well... It's not even really true. I was going to like Horkbajir Chronicles is kind of a chronicling of the history of the Horkbajir, mm-hmm. at least a little bit. But Andalite Chronicles is just the story of one Andalite, basically. Right. Yeah. It's not like the, it's not really a chronicle of yeah. them. The chronicle, <laughs> the chronicle of a an Andalite. <laughs> right. So if anything, it, it, they shouldn't have called them that in the first place. Like that book was a misnomer to begin with. Maybe they just misspelled. It should have been the Andalites Chronicles. <laughs> it should have been called. El, what, wasn't it called Elfangor's Journey or something? Or is that one of the parts? Wait, what? Wasn't it called is like Elf? I thought there was. Oh, maybe part one, Elfangor something. Maybe. Uh, yeah, they they all the parts did have names, didn't they? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But I'd have to go I, look. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the Seropedia, and I, I can't find it, and I'm not looking anymore. Uh, but maybe I made. I'd have up. to get out of my seat to grab my copy, so I'm not going <laughs> to do that. It's like a good four feet away from me. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This one's just called Visser, which also, again, on Seropedia, it is uh, stylized in all caps. I don't know if that's again. Is that what it's actually, or is that just the font? Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm looking at the cover. It says Visser in all caps, but it also says Animorphs in all caps, so... Right. <laughs> well, the A and the S are a little bigger than the Nemorph. That's to be true, fair. I guess. <laughs> so maybe just those parts are in all caps. <laughs> I don't know. I have... So, I, yeah, just the, the general... I have questions. I ha- these are questions that will forever go unanswered about the nature of this book. We'll ask K.A. Applegate when we we'll next ask get her. Around. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call. Now, this book, for anyone, maybe people don't remember, or maybe you just jumped in because you're a big visser head and you just wanted to listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. But the gimmick of our show, you see, is that uh, you Me. have yeah you have read all these books, 
and I haven't. <laughs> right. And uh, but I have read some Animorphs books. And uh, I think I think we this came up on the pod before, but it might have been off pod. Mm-hmm. But it's relevant now, so I'm going to repeat it. Uh, at some point before we started the show, I was getting rid of a bunch of books, and I had a handful, like maybe I had six or seven Animorphs books, and I gave them to you because I was like, I don't need this fucking trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, now, according to you, you claim alleged. I don't know if I believe you because I think maybe you're lying for some reason. Mm-hmm. I might one be. of the, one of those <laughs> books was not Viscera. I did have a Horkbajir Chronicle and maybe Andalite Chronicles was in there too that I gave you. Yeah, I, I mean your stack of books is is separate. I, I can look at it right now. I do not see a Visser in it, but I do see a Horkbajir and an Andalite Chronicles. But I so I don't know what happened to it because I can I, I maybe I'm crazy, but I could pr- swear to you that I did have this book at some point as a kid. Mm-hmm. And yes, were you gonna? Oh, I was. I was wondering if it had something to do. The Seropedia says that mm. there was no soft cover version of this book. Oh, so I yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, ahead. yeah. I was wondering <laughs> if maybe it got stored separately because it's a different shape, like size, shape, and maybe you didn't maybe. see it or something. Maybe it, again, or maybe yeah, maybe I somehow got rid of it or just lost it somewhere earlier along the way. I don't know. I mean. There was there was there were multiple moves these books went through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who who knows where it ended up? But I remember the I think I had I feel like I had all three in hardcover. Are they not? Are they soft cover? My Chronicles books. <laughs> uh, your your Bajir is, is soft cover, and so is Andalite Chronicles, mm. which is good because that that means I now have both hard and soft cover Bajir. Wow. Yeah, I didn't good. before. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but all this is to say that while I retain no memory of the contents of this book. I do, I do not recall this plot. I really didn't recall the plot of any of these books past like book seven or something when we, when we started. Uh, but I have a strong distinct memory of this cover mm-hmm. and that's how I'm like, feel so confident I had this book because I remember this font, the pose of this. I remember seeing this book just on my shelf when it would sit there, not even reading it. Maybe, maybe I remember looking at it more than actually reading it. Maybe I never read it, <laughs> but it, something about the cut. And I guess, I guess we can get into the cover. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking too soon, no, but this is a good transition into the cover. I think. <laughs> yeah. But I just, there's something very iconic about it to me. Very memorable mm-hmm. that left an imprint more so than the words on the pages. I recall this intimidating viscer cover. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll say I I agree. This cover is uh really like as a co- as just like a an attention grabbing cover. It's very good. Uh, it, it looks great. Um, Visser three is standing there. He looks very imposing and menacing. You know, he's got his arms crossed. He's looking uh down at at the viewer. Um, you know, we've got kind of space in the background here. Um, the book the the like uh. What do you call it? The like slip cover, the book jacket, um, mm. has like a shiny foil thing to it. Um, like if you take it off, it's just like you know, kind of a flat matte drawing. But on the, it's very attention grabbing. Mm. It looks yeah. cool, especially if you aren't an animorphs person and you don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there's I don't I don't know. Is, would this would this be foreshortening on his legs there? 
<laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, they, they really, they're sticking those hooves right in our face here. If they I had do... a, a hoof fetish, <laughs> I'd be into this cover here. Thank God you don't. <laughs> maybe if I wanted to, you know, maybe just give them a little kiss. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> if, like, maybe if I did, you know, well, this would be a looks... good cover. It looks like maybe he's presenting them to you and saying, bow down, slave, and kiss my hoof. Right. Yeah, it does. Mm, yeah, it does look like he's saying that. Yeah, and you'd hear it in your head. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mr. 3 ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have uh, that. No. We don't have that. Uh, none of that. Uh, now, on the back cover, it's the exact same pose, but from behind. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's fun. This is now one thing I don't we must have discussed this with the other Chronicles books, but I don't remember that the the artist of the Chronicles books is a different guy from it's not David Mattingly who does the other books. Yeah, I'm sure we've mentioned his name before, but I can't remember at length talking about it. Maybe we did in Andalite Chronicles. It's just been so long. But his name is Romas Kukalis or Romus Kukalis? Oh, yes. I do remember this name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he do all of them? That says he did the if all four Chronicles books, yes. Okay, okay. He also did uh, some poster, and he's also done Magic the Gathering cards. Good job, Kukalis. Uh, and it makes sense... They, they they do a pretty good job. Like, he copies the style pretty closely, but you can tell there's something, there's a little bit of a different sauce on these mm-hmm. Chronicles books. And uh, this one, like, again, sometimes Axe, you talk about, looks real goofy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Mr. 3 does not look goofy. He's also, his ears look, I don't, do they look wider, like further out from the head than they normally do, or pointier uh, than they normally do? Or is that just maybe. the shadow? Yeah, I don't know if that's the angle you're looking at it. I mean, are are you kind of identifying with that a little bit? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> just a thought I might have. I don't those see. I, um, I, yeah, I don't even know what that means. Okay, well, yeah. uh, but yeah, <laughs> I possibly. I I also the tail on this one is a lot more like what you might imagine an andalite tail to look like. A lot of times mm. they're like because they're supposed to like fight with them while like facing you and i feel like a lot of times in the drawings they're like almost too short it's like if you were to push that thing all the way forward you'd get like two inches of length past your nose or something uh this tail is long right it's big and it like this thing looks like it it could really do some damage and that dude was large that's a reference that i won't explain (laughs) good (laughs) um after the show it's about jared fogel okay so uh, yeah (laughs) Yes, the tail looks appropriately long. It makes a lot more sense. He's also weirdly, he's looking buff, but also almost too skinny. Like some areas he looks underfed. (laughs) Like you can see his ribs. (laughs) You know what I mean? He looks bony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very defined. He's toned. Yes, like real. But like, what's what's Visser 3 doing all day that's keeping him in shape? Is he is he jogging? Is he is he lifting weights? Like what's he do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he kept up with uh, Alaran came in all physically fit and buff because he was like a badass warrior soldier. So I guess Visser Three is either keeping up with that regimen or or maybe just like the fact that Alaran had that past history has allowed him to keep a little bit. You know, he hasn't he hasn't uh, 
gone into dad bod mode. He's not like, oh, back in high school, I was a footstall star football player. Now I got my beer gut. That's not Foot that's not him. Stall. I think there's two explanations here. One is maybe oh. Andalites just have a natural because remember all they they just absorb grass through their hooves. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe they just take in no fat whatsoever. So they just are naturally buff all the time. Well, it wouldn't. It's it, it would as long as they're eating too many calories, right? It wouldn't matter if there's fat in there. But I don't but, know if but you're if absorbing all the nutrients grass. through your hoof. Then maybe calories aren't even a factor. You're not. They like, gotta be. I don't. I don't know. I That's think just physics. I think their hooves just absorb the vitamins and shit, and it's just like it's only well, they what need they need calories to move. Well, the fucking we do, but I don't know that they do. They're aliens. You don't you know how their to. fucking physiology works. That's what a calorie is. You're what a fucking it's calorie a unit of is, energy. you dipshit. <laughs> you don't fucking know. I know. So that's for the first explanation that okay. everyone agrees with. Uh-huh, what's the, the second one? The second one is that every time he morphs, he's remorphs into his standard form so he could he could eat a bunch of potato chips and then just morph mm. in and out and he resets this is something it's, we've talked about before we don't know how that works but yeah i mean it, it almost sounds like you're being a little fat phobic here you know like if you mm. morph you heal an injury so you're saying if he morphed he would what heal <laughs> his fat as though that's the problem somehow well i would say his his size i wouldn't use the f word as you're doing uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, but I'm other, just talking about like the adipose tissue. Otherwise, yes. My my language okay. would be more politically correct, but the sentiment, yes, is I agree with. Okay. <laughs> right. okay. Yeah, I mean, those are both explanations. Great. Listen, maybe he just likes working out. He, I mean, he's he I loves his Andalite body, you know? No, I think Visser 3 is sitting in a chair barking orders. He's not, He's. I don't think he gets up. Half you don't time. think Visser 3 – I think Visser 3 probably spends like half his day looking in the mirror admiring his Andalite physique because he just loves his Andalite body so much. And so then he spends like most of the rest of his day working out like, god damn, I'm going to look so good. I mean – That's what I think. He can't like it that much because uh, let me tell you, I'm looking and uh, I don't see no big Andalite hog between those legs. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Big Andalite hog. Where's the hog? That's that's this podcast in a nutshell right there. Kukulis! Where's the hog, Kukulis? Oh, I'm sure there are plenty of uh, opportunities to see that hog if you you Google the right search terms. Listeners, please send those in because I am not very good at computers and I won't be able to find them myself. Yeah, we're begging you. So I've been excited to read this book because it feels like this is the la- like I know for a fact I never got close to an Elemist Chronicle, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this is the last book that I'm like this is a part of Animorphs I sort of remember existing. Uh, but I do wonder. I'm sure I, I I really wonder what I thought of this book as a kid because I don't think I I don't think I'd read anything past the teens maybe of Animorphs. So I'm mm-hmm. like. How the fuck did I – this is – unlike the other Chronicles books, this one seems to rely on you knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I think bit. you could still – you know, because back as kids, we weren't used to, like, you know, being able to just 
see everything in a show or whatever. It was it was a lot more. We, I I think that you know you as a kid are able to pick this up and kind of fill in the gaps. Like, oh yeah, I missed when they did this and this, but like I get it. There's still animorphs. That's visceral. Sure, why not? Some shit happened. Like I think we were more in that mindset. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm sure I was just. I feel like the draw of this book is, oh, you get to learn more about visser stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's called Viz. is not really yeah. that smart of a statement. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, on that topic, I, I have a quote here from Seropedia that you may not have uh, looked at because there might have been spoilers yeah, no. surrounding it. Um, so, you know, this says Visser 3 on the cover. It's called Visser. So the assumptions that it's about Visser 3. Hold on, it says Visser 3 on the cover? No, no, it oh, says it has Visser 3. It on has Visser 3 and it says yeah. Visser. Yeah. You might assume that it means Visser 3. Yeah. Right. I said this as much last week. Yeah. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, so, so let me just uh, have, I'll just read the quote off here. Uh, one of the main questions that fans have about this book has nothing to do with the story, but with the cover instead. Why exactly was Visser 3 featured on the cover instead of Visser 1? Kay Applegate admits that she feels responsible for the mistake. One of the first things Kay had to do for her books was create an outline for Scholastic. They used this outline to write the summaries on the back of the books and to create covers and titles. The outlines for the books were generally vague, though, so she, uh, so she won't be limited when writing. For Visser, she implied in her outline that the book would just be, or would be just as much about Visser 3 as it would about Visser 1, which led Scholastic to choose Visser 3 for the cover. But when K.A. actually sat down to write her book, she found Visser 1's story much more interesting, and the book ended up being all about her. By then, it was far too late and, far, and too expensive to have a new cover created. This sucks. So, <laughs> so this book is about Visser 1, mostly, and not really about Visser 3. Despite having Visser 3 on the cover. And I have to say, I I found that disappointing. Mm-hmm. As much as I I'm interested that. in the story of Visser 1, the thing with Visser 1 is we have gotten a lot of, a decent amount of time with her, and I imagine we're going to get more because she's directly related to Marco in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas Visser 3, you never, ever see things from his perspective because mm-hmm. he's just the villain and he's off doing whatever he does. So the promise of this book, the potential of getting the Visser 3 backstory, and also we've also lamented his devolvement into stupidity mm-hmm. over the books. The, the, so the opportunity that there was there to flesh him out and make him more of a three-dimensional real character with <laughs> feelings and opinions that make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, that is, I did want that and hope for that or his backstory, which we kind of, we did get a little bit of it in, uh, Andalite Chronicles, but. And, uh, I, we got a lot more in hork Chronicles. Like the, the best and most interesting parts of Visser 3 are in the hork Chronicles. Mm. And there's enough in Andalite Chronicles that you can draw conclusions about like some kind of character arc that progresses the two. Yeah. But then like. You know, there's such a divide between Visser 3 in hork Chronicles and Visser 3 in the main series books that, like, that becomes very tenuous. And I agree with you. Like, there's there's so much room to, like, maybe give him a reason that he is the character he is rather than just kind of, like, establish this interesting guy and then be like, and then he turns into a villain of the week, whatever, who cares. 
Um, yeah. I I do love this book. I love the story of this book. I love what is done with Visser 1 in this book. But I, I agree with you. Visser 3 in general is a missed opportunity, and I don't feel like it's too much of a spoiler to say that this was really your last opportunity to get a deep exploration of him, right? Like, you know, you'll still get appearances in the main series books. Maybe you'll see a little bit more of him as a character, I guess. But, like, really, you wanted a Chronicles, and yeah, guess what? He's not in the Elemis Chronicles. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, this book, like, doubles down on him being a big yeah. dummy. <laughs> like it's not, it's not even, it's forget about equal billing. It's, I don't, he doesn't, he's like, no, nothing. It's just, that's mm-hmm. the guy. He's just, it's Visser three doing his dumb shit. He does. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels, and maybe it's just cause the writing is better. It feels to me a little bit more like, Oh, this is like a dumb guy character as opposed to this is just a dumb guy insert, like cut out. Mm. Like he feels a little more fleshed out as a dumb guy, but I, I would generally agree with you. Well, on the writing, we're we're back with Ka and Michael Grant. This book, mm-hmm. no more, no ghostwriters. So that's that's a nice one. That was the last time we had one of those. Was that the separation? <laughs> yeah, it was the that last was Ka the separation, book, which wasn't actually that long ago. Right now, but yeah, you know that's fun. Yeah, back <laughs> with them, and they do a good job. I think. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, well, okay, <laughs> you didn't even finish it yet. Yeah, that's why I'm saying we'll see. Fair enough. Because my opinion is sort of the ultimate one. <laughs> well, you're blinded by nostalgia, as we've established. You're, mm-hmm, you you can't true. really have a fair, objective opinion. So yeah, ultimately, I'm the correct one. Mm-hmm. Maybe. All right. Do, are we? Do we? Are, can we? Are we? The story of this book. Do we wanna? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We. Yeah. We wanna. All right. Uh, so, so this book opens, Jesus Christ, we've, uh, this, we're setting records on intros here. <laughs> no, 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 we're only 30 minutes. That's like standard for us. This is fine. <laughs> this is not normal. This is fine. We had an email. Okay, this is hundred okay, percent okay. on track. We're only doing All part right. one, part one. This part is going to be one. fine. All right. I don't have much right. to say about this book. I thought it sucked. So go ahead. <laughs> book opens on a prologue, a flashback prologue, um, we uh, flashback to um, when, I guess it's a, well, whatever. It's a flashback prologue to when Visser 1 had been living uh, as Marco's mom for a while now, Marco's mom, Ava. Um, and we flashback to the night where she faked her own death. So we see her, um, you know, say goodbye to, the, you know, the family and, like, intentionally setting things up to look like an accident and go out on the boat. We see all that from Visser 1's perspective. Um, we also find out that at this point she is not Visser 1 yet, or rather she has just been promoted to Visser 1, and that's why uh, she left. Um, and she had been on Earth learning about humans, and setting up the beginnings of this stealth invasion. Um, cool. Now, yeah. Now, last <laughs> time, I remember you were referring to Marco's mom as just Marco's mom, and I, I think I corrected you and said her name was Ava. <laughs> now, according to Seropedia, apparently this is the first time they say her name is Ava, which mm. I thought they said it earlier, but if if that is in fact true, it would make sense why you didn't know that. So once again, you have spoiled something and ruined it for me ahead of time. I know. Yeah, the whole book ruined now. 
I'm still going to call her Marco's mom. Okay. <laughs> That's, I don't, Ava, Ava or Eva? You think it's Ava? That's just because you love fucking anime, Ava. <laughs> I fucking hate anime. No, I, I have met multiple people with this name. I have met people who pronounce it as both Ava and Eva, but Ava is more common. Or at least in my experience, it was more common. I like Eva. You want to you wanna go with Eva? I'll do Eva if you want. Because, well, no, I think we can just both say different things like we do with the Hork-Bajir. Okay. <laughs> or Sirau. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even consistent with myself on that one. Um, or Osprey. <laughs> or Koran. <Right>, the Koran? <laughs> when did we talk about the Koran on this podcast? Are you kidding me? That was probably episode two. <laughs> anyway. Hemingway, uh, but what was I going to say about? Oh yeah, because I wanted, I I want to imagine, uh, Visser one meets Wally, and he's like Eva, mm. Eva. <laughs> now, I think that's actually spelled Eve, is it not? Yeah, he's just saying the the yeah. last e. Yeah, yeah, because he's a cute little robot guy. He's they they built him with a cute speech impediment. <laughs> People will like our garbage robot more if he if he doesn't know how to talk. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the beginning of this book, it's pretty hype. You know, I yes. said that – you all right there? I'm okay. Okay. I'm alive. I, I said that I was disappointed it's not a Visser 3 book, but that – only a little bit did that diminish my hype for – well, it's a Visser 1 book. That's still hype. Mm-hmm. And at first I also was like, I didn't, they don't let you linger too much, but there is a page or two Mm -hmm. where you don't know that it's Visser one yet. It seems like maybe this is just Marco's mom. I thought maybe they were Mm going to show us when she first got infested. Mm. Uh, But then it becomes apparent that she is doing the fake her death thing. I don't know how much of these details, I don't remember how much we knew. We knew she went out on a boat and never came back. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, but yeah, I, we, we knew she was sailing and went out in bad weather. Uh, we knew that Marco was like, my mom was a good sailor and wouldn't have done. I don't understand why she would have done that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It is also such a weird. <laughs> I don't know. Is this sexist? <laughs> How many moms are big sailors? It just seems like such a strange I, I guess they live in California and they're like by a marina or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe a, a normal thing over there. But I don't know. It's just funny to be like, but she was always such a good sailor. It's not something I hear anyone. I'm not living that sea life. What can I say? Maybe yeah, I mean, me. yeah, I, I can think of plenty of instances where it's like mom's active. But yeah, I mean, listen, maybe if I were more coast, like on the coast or something. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, look, I'm sorry. Sorry, ladies, but it seems like more of a dad thing. Marco's mom is going to be like, oh, you're buying a boat. It's too much money. You know? Mm-hmm. Marco, Marco's mom is going to come in here and she's going to be like that you are reinforcing negative stereotypes. And Well, can we give me credit that I didn't do a racist accent? <laughs> I always give you credit every second of the day that you aren't. <laughs> yeah, I, this is what I, yeah, I, as a white man, I deserve more acknowledgement for not being racist. Because <laughs> it takes effort. You got to work for that. 
We haven't lost enough followers yet in this podcast. We decided to t- tone it up this episode. A I told bit. you this is why I said that stuff at the beginning, so they don't hear this part. Now I I do now like at the, the front detail. page of animorphspodcasts.com. <laughs> right at the top, <laughs> first on the list. Uh, yeah, they'll come listen to this one first because it's the most recent. Anyway, what do you like? I like that Visser One legitimately enjoys sailing. Um, <laughs> this is this is a good detail. Uh, uh, you know, th- there's some talk about like the control and this, that, and the other, and blah blah blah. Um, but like, I, I you see a little bit more. Because one one question that you bring up a lot, and we're starting to see a bit of this here. We'll see more of it as we get into the story. Is is the question of like, what the f- do Yorks just like fucking hate their lives, right? Like, <laughs> like doesn't it just suck to have to pretend to be a person when you're an alien conqueror? And, and you can see already here that like, well, the, there's some aspects that are just like, listen, I just want to go out on my boat. Okay, it's fun. Like you know, and and in the past. In the past, I always have to appeal to, like, Aftran or whatever, you know, because because you look at, like, the guy in, in uh, William Roger Tennant, and, yeah, he's just a fucking psychopath who just wants to kill everything, and he he hates it. But, like, here we've got Visser One, who we know is hyper-militaristic, but she also has this other side. So it's nice to see that, I think. Yeah, that's, that's interesting, and... I wonder, so was Marco's mom a sailor before yeah, this happened? Probably. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if that question is ever explicitly answered. Yeah, and then, yeah, that because that, that's an interesting angle if she learned to love sailing from her host. Mm-hmm. This is also the first time I'm pretty sure that we directly hear anything from Marco's mom. Like that's got to be true, yeah. Unless, is there a time when she... No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, yeah. She... No, she said when when they had her trapped in the restraints in book 30, she said something like, oh, fuck mm. you, slug, or whatever. But <laughs> Yeah, I think that was it. I think she said, fuck you, slug. <laughs> yeah, she didn't know Marco was there, so right. she didn't, yeah. But we certainly get more in this book of her, uh, you know, talking shit <laughs> to Visser One, whose name mm-hmm. is Edris, is that her name? Yeah, Ed- Edris562, uh, I believe. Gesundheit. down here. Yeah, so that's that that that's fun. There's a, I mean, there's a few interesting world building things in here. One is that she also mentions that Earth is weird because it has a lot of different kinds of weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's you know, canon in this. We're in Star Wars logic. Each planet has one climate. It seems. Yeah, this book, and and there's a couple times in the series uh, where it steers into that kind of trope of, like, human exceptionalism, which can be kind of annoying. I I think a lot of times it does a good job of, like, avoiding that, but but you do get some of that, like, oh, there's so many species on Earth, and not every planet has this many species. Why? There's so many weathers, not every—why is there, you know, human brains are so weird and different, what—are they— um, that kind of thing. Yeah. There are so many more humans than every other animal. Really? Yeah. Like a lot of this, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can yeah. keep, you know, there's a lot of examples. Earth rules, dude. What are you fucking anti-earther? Get the fuck out of here. 
Uh, it's like Go that bit in the Hitchhiker's Mars. Guide where where the aliens are like, New York sucks because it's too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. And like, yeah, sure, there's plenty of planets where it's like 40,000 degrees, but they range from 40,000 to 40,001. You know, New York <laughs> goes from like, you know, 10 to, to 100. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's a dry heat. Mm. It would be, be funny if Douglas Adams had said that. So uh, another thing also when she's so, okay, I, I really like yeah. the, I like the logic that she gives of faking her death that mm-hmm. humans need someone to blame. Yeah, it's <laughs> she, great. Yeah, she has to, and the person that they're going to blame is her. And she actually uses the phrase blame the victim, which I feel like in 1999, was that, were people saying victim blaming? I feel like that was new. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess people were saying blame the victim at the very least. I don't know. Maybe K.A. coined it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> possible. <laughs> I suppose it's possible. I think she could have. So that's that's yeah. that's neat. But also, I liked it. There, there's a yeah. specific phrase there. She says, there's no room for random chance in the limited mm. human cosmology, which I, I do like, mm. right? Like, it's, that you know, it, it, it does get into that psychology a little bit of, of like, you know, why are you doing this blaming thing? Well, because it can't, you know, something can't just go wrong. It can't just go wrong. It must be your fault somehow. Or somebody must be at fault. It must make sense. Kind of right. thing. Yeah. yeah. On the subject of cosmology, mm. this this book does have some slightly bigger words than most Animorphs books do, I think. <laughs> the mm, vocabulary is a little more advanced in this, which is fun. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected yourself. Bigger words, that's a regular Animorphs book. Advanced vocabulary, that's that's Visser. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> I'm learning things. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll just say this too. I wrote this. I guess I still don't know the answer to this. Maybe I do. I feel like, do I need half to? Did they tell us this basically by now? <laughs> but I, I also didn't know, you know, that she was, I assumed she was Visser 1 pre-Earth, Mm-hmm. This yeah, is saying no, she, she got was not. promoted after she was already in Marco's mom, like living normal Marco mom life. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm like, what level was she at before? And what did she do on Earth that was so amazing? It got her to Visser 1. Mm-hmm. So they they give her the level that they do say explicitly in this first half what level she is. I have it in my notes. We'll get there. Oh, um, yeah. And, and they... They don't say exactly what she did, but they they imply it, you know, that 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 basically the implication is that she came here and kicked off the invasion, right? Like there was no invasion and then she kicked it off. But wouldn't that all be before sh- this is what I don't know cuz mm-hmm. the half we've gotten to she hasn't recapped her getting in Marco's mom yet. Right. Yeah, we so, we don't know that part of the timeline yet. So I guess I'm jumping ahead, but I just it seems I'm confused about how she wouldn't she have been Visser 1 before any of that happened? Like, wouldn't she just get a better host body immediately because she's the one who kicked this all off? But I don't know. I, 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 we're gonna have to, I'm going to have to read it <laughs> next week yeah, and what, find out. <laughs> yeah, we, we can discuss if you still have those questions in part two and yeah. how you feel about that. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so let's, let's jump forward to the present day. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> chapter one. <laughs> you you like that chapter one? Yeah. Uh, so 
Visser One is on trial. She's she's on trial before the Council of Thirteen, uh, and she has been accused of treason for like the events of Book Thirty, among other things. Um, and Visser Three is acting as like the prosecutor. Um, she's facing a death sentence by Candrona starvation and a bunch of other charges. We can go over them if you want. I got them. Whatever. Um, <laughs> We also find out she hasn't been healed since she was captured in Book 30, so it's worth paying, remembering that for this section, she's got, like, broken bones, and she's, like, kept in, in like, near Candrona's starvation. She's got burns all over and, and shit. Um, they say that by York Law, she has one feeding cycle to present her defense, which should be three days, but it's actually probably closer to half a day, and... This is basically the setup for this book. She's on trial for treason, and she's going to have to defend herself. Closer to half a day because she's already starving. Starving, yes. Yes. Because Visser 3 has been starving her. Right. (laughs) Yes. Already, right away, I mean, this is the, we've we've heard reference to the Council of 13. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we've really seen them at all. Yeah, or, I think there were one or two times where I brought them up, like, I kept bringing them up, and you were like, oh, you still remember that, huh? They mentioned that, what, <laughs> once? And it's like, well, yeah, I remember it from the future. <laughs> yeah, I really hate your guts. <laughs> anyway, um, a great, a cool premise. Mm-hmm. Love A trial is always fun. That's a fun way to do it. This, this feels like, have you ever seen the movie Defending Your Life? No, this is is. very similar to that movie. Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, Uh, you know, Albert Brooks. What do you do? He's uh, Bob Ein's Super Dave's brother. Oh, okay, okay. He's a very well-known, famous stand-up comedian and filmmaker. Uh, You should watch Defending Your Life. It's it's a great movie, but it's the, the the premise is that he dies and he has to defend himself to like basically decide if he's going to heaven or hell. And the way that works is it's like a trial, and they literally play clips from his life, and he's like assigned a lawyer to defend him and say why that was good or bad. Mm. <laughs> Which is kind of what happens in this book. Is, anyway. Yeah, that's pretty similar. Yeah, uh, they're not dead, but it, it also. But but anyway, but the Council of Thirteen. Mm-hmm. We got. We got to. We got to talk about them. We, the, so the yeah, makeup of this council. It's thirteen Yerks. Yeah. There are nine of them are in Horkbajir bodies. Mm-hmm. Two of them are in Taxan bodies, mm-hmm. and two of them are question marks because they're yeah, just. We don't in, know. Why, they're in shadow. Or why they they don't have their cameras on? Why? Why? Can't yeah, <laughs> hidden by their robes. They all have um dark red robes. <laughs> like I don't know what. What is the impl- like? Who are they? Just weirder aliens? Are they humans? Are they just shy? Do is there any? Do we ever find this out, or is this just a bit of mystery for mystery's sake? Is this a J.J. Yeah, Abrams? <laughs> I can't help but wonder if maybe she did that because she was thinking about writing some Council of Thirteen members later, and she didn't want to back herself into a corner if she was if she wanted <laughs> to be like, oh. Cassie's dad is the council of 13 or some shit. No, we, we never find out anything about this. So. Okay. It was a giraffe. Um. Yeah, I'm imagining them like the Grim Reaper, but maybe like baggier in case they have more limbs under there. I am picturing them like uh, cultists. You know, the, mm-hmm. these, they yeah. describe them black and red robes, I think. Mm-hmm. Or like 
was it black and red or was it like very very dark red so like almost yeah, black yeah, whatever like it was something like this yeah blood red i don't know something yeah. cool and creepy uh yeah you're right it is so dark they're almost black Pretty. I also like that the Horkmajir have to wear special armor, otherwise they'll rip through the robe. <laughs> Where did they're they like, get the idea for these robes? Andalites don't wear them. Geds don't wear them. Horkmajir don't wear them. Taxons don't wear. Like, did they run into the the Anga chicks and they all wear robes and they were like, "That's cool." <laughs> it's uh, it's such a funny, stupid thing. They don't ever wear clothes except as humans. But the the council, yeah, they're they're like, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. We need artificial yeah. skin or whatever. <laughs> now this is what sucks is that in book five, when they went up onto the pool ship, all of Visser threes and Visser ones Horkbajer guys were wearing different colored uniforms, and then they never brought that back. So we never mm. got Horkbajer in uniforms ever again, which sucks. Yeah. I, I want to see them. Damn, yeah, she forgot about that Star Trek detail she ripped off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there were so many others. Okay, now, before we even move on, this council. Oh, now, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> look, this gets brought up. Like, they do kind of uh, – Visser 1 talks about this a little bit. <laughs> but mm-hmm. why and would a, uh, the highest ranking of all Yerks, why would you choose to be an attack son? Can you explain this mm-hmm. to me? Yeah, I mean, like, they say that the taxons are getting, like, literally continuously fed. Like, in the holographic recordings, Geds keep showing up and, like, throwing meat into their mouths. And they're, like, giant fat taxons. Um, <laughs> that are, and, and I don't know, there's a part of me that wonders if maybe you, you if you're a council member, you're like, you know what? I like to eat. I want to do it. I want to sit there and eat. <laughs> so you get into tax because you don't have to worry about the hunger because you're just fed all the time. It seems to me like Council of 13 should be the Council of 11. Like these two aren't taking shit seriously. They're... Maybe they, these are like the Baron Harkonnens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's basically what one of them. Who's the emperor? It's one of them. Because they, otherwise you're not yeah. tolerating this. Like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> the emperor and and his brother or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's two emperors. Yeah. I don't they, know. They say, yeah, so we didn't uh, mention that yet. But yeah, they say at some point, I don't know if it's here, but they say at some point that yeah. one of these guys is the emperor, but nobody knows who except for the other council members because they don't want him to get assassinated. And I'm pretty sure they have said that before unless you just told mm. me that. But I feel like I did know that. Okay, I feel like I did not bring that up. I unprompted, I'm, so maybe, maybe it did say that. It must be in Horkbajir or Andalite Chronicles. I think. Like mm-hmm. I, that's I just I remembered that detail, but okay. Or, um, I don't know. Maybe because you read me. this book as a kid and you see only thing you remembered. <laughs> that, that that must be it. <laughs> anyway, that's funny and stupid. And and also this whole thing also reminds me of the Venture Brothers, you know, the like when they talk to the evil council or whatever it is and mm. everyone's on a different screen so they don't know each other's identities. Like they they basically have VR and the internet, but because those weren't as much of a thing now, it's played like this is really cool technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what? It is really cool technology. It is cool. I think it is cool. And and I, I like the implication that these guys might not all be in the same place. Like maybe they're all in totally separate areas or maybe they're in one council room and we just don't know. I, oh, I have another theory. Mm. Maybe one of them is really big 
like Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good theory. Yeah, one of the unknown aliens is a, a big Snoke. It's reverse Snoke. He seems they normal, but he's big. Snoke robes, or I guess Snoke's guards' robes, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, his well, he doesn't have like a gold one, but yeah, yeah, he does. But like his like his palace guards were in red, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm I'm imagining them all as Snoke's now. <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing I said a couple books ago was how how come nobody ever compares Axe to a horse, and here mm-hmm. uh, she does. Well, uh-huh. she, sorry, she compares Visser Three, Alloran to a mm-hmm. horse, uh, but. She also compares him to one of my favorite <laughs> phrases they've ever used. Uh-huh. Which is, you know, so it's, it's like an earth deer or a horse or a Desbadine limner. <laughs> uh, the classic give two normal ones and one weird one. That's right. My favorite trope from Star Trek. They do that all the time on original Star Trek. And... It's great. Desbadine Limner. What a good band name. It is good. I don't think we've heard of Desbadine before, but we're going to get another reference to the Desbadine in this uh in this half of the book. So yeah, I wondered because they when they brought it up a second time, I was I thought, did they establish this at some point cuz it's weird to bring it up twice. Yeah, not sure. She was just on that Desbadine train. She was working out at Desbadine Chronicles at this point, but didn't quite Stay, get there. Look forward to my Despacito parody. <laughs> Des- oh man, Desbadino. Des-ba-dino. <laughs> Holy okay. shit. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Just keep looking forward to it. Hey, what yeah. else? Um all right, so a uh, bunch of stuff. Let's also uh, so it's clear that Yerks have some kind of like rule of law. Like she has a trial here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This is not something we've seen before. It's fully possible. In fact, I think it's likely that this is a privilege that Vissers get. If you're like a, a low rank, do you mm. do they bring you before the Council of Thirteen? Are they like, is Visser Three supposed to bring you before the Council of Thirteen mm. before he executes you? Probably. They don't is really care, a, obviously. Is there a small claims court or something? Like, is this the yeah. Supreme Court? You have to work your way up? <laughs> Yeah, are there other, like, can, do, can you have, like, a court of, like, the sub on your station, or does it have to be the Council of Thirteen? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, like, they have rules. It's, like, laid out, like, okay, she can present whatever she wants as her defense. She has one feeding cycle. That's the rule. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's clearly some kind of, like, it's laid out in some way. God, I just want to talk about the Council of Thirteen. I don't even want to talk about the plot of this book. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's that's why I had one entire section devoted to there's a trial, because I was like, we're going to talk about this council here. We're not going to get that many opportunities. <laughs> it's it's so interesting how it really makes the Yerk seem ritualistic in a way. Mm-hmm. That I don't feel like they have really been depicted as until now. Like, whereas the Andalites and Horkbajir have rituals and mm-hmm. traditions, the Yurks have just seemed kind of, you know, like we've said, militaristic and they're bad mm-hmm. guys. But they have all these, they wear the robes. They, they're they like, this is the way it is done. The Council of 13. As if it was, mm-hmm. didn't they just make this shit up like 50 years ago? <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> 
There's a hint of realism in there, which would work better if uh, they explored Yerks more. Again, one of the big failings of the series is more Yerk stuff. But uh, this should have been the Yerk Chronicles. I don't know why they right? didn't do that. But yeah, whatever. but but like you know, this is very paralleled by like real world fascism. If you're going to talk about like a high, like very hierarchical structured militaristic society you immediately look to 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 fascism as your real world go-to and that ends up with a lot of the the same things you basically said like oh i need to like talk about some glorious past and i i like arcane symbols and i like all of you know this mysticism but also most of what i'm referring to you know it's something i made up on the spot that wasn't really there in a thousand years ago and and it's all bullshit and and it's maybe 50 years old or whatever um so like that that all is like cool and lines up well and i would would have loved to see it explored more than just like we get this chapter and now we get to talk about it and maybe even write some fanfic but we would <laughs> oh yeah a lot of good fanfics i bet <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i want to write about the fat taxon well a taxon of size <laughs> uh, uh what else okay i i do i do want to talk a little bit about her Sent her her charges. Mm-hmm. Yes, and again they get into this, so maybe we don't need to talk about it too much. But <laughs> the last mm-hmm. one of these murder, she's treason by murder of subordinate Yerks, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which she as she she points out herself is like. Yeah. But but when I first read that, I immediately went, "Uh, <laughs> Visser Three, uh, you're not supposed to do that because <laughs> he does that she all the time." <laughs> Yeah, no, she's not. He is not supposed to do that. Yeah, there is there is a part later on where where she says like every single visor and every single member of the Council of Thirteen is just in constant flagrant violation of every death penalty law all the time. Which makes sense. There, it's it's nineteen eighty four. Yeah. You know, it's rather Orwellian. Hmm. <laughs> well, it's not Kafka esque, so it's got to be Orwellian. That, that you're, I mean, you're right. It's Kafkaesque when she uh, leaves her host, I think. True, true. But uh, oh, and the fact, and because this is a trial, as we've established, that is ooh, Kafkaesque. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> we've established that. Um. But uh, I don't even know what the fuck I was going to say. Who cares? It doesn't matter. That, We're yeah, talking they, about Kafka now. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's see, the charges are, what, incompetence, a violation of established procedure, uh, sympathy with a subject species, uh, contact with the foul and delight race, and, as you said, murder of subordinate yerks. All of which are, most of which are death penalties, except for murder of subordinates <laughs> is just, you gotta do some chores. <laughs> yeah, exile to punishment duty. What does that even mean? <laughs> Punishment Scrub the duty? toilets. Yeah, I gotta go ex- to the toilet planet. Does exile mean forever? It's it's a you're banished permanently. Who knows? I guess Siberia. Yeah, I mean it does it does make it clear at the very least that that these trials are all like wholly political. Like for all of the rules and regulations and rule of law, like the main reason to have a trial is a political one, right? Like it's they don't yeah. they, if they gave a shit about the, these laws, they would care that everyone is constantly in flagrant violation. So it, it, there is some element, even even just at this point, of like 
this trial is kind of going on because they're not sure if they're happy with Visser 1. Because if they, if they mm-hmm. were sure, if they liked her, they would be like, who gives a shit? Fuck off, Visser 3. You don't get to fuck you. I think they're just bored. Like, Could they be. sit around. They got nothing to do. They're not on Earth. They're not conquering planets. They're just like, I hope everybody's fighting Andalites good today. Fuck. Let's put someone on trial. I'm so bored. <laughs> that's that's uh, it. Yeah, I mean, in respect to that, they also do, you know, reference back in book 30, Visser once said that she'd lost her rank, and here we hear that her loss of rank was temporary, so they're still going to call her Visser 1, and couldn't help but notice that at the end of book 30, despite not being Visser 1, she still commanded like a, you know, I don't even know, Dreadnought-class ship or whatever the fuck they called it that was outclassing Visser 3's blade ship. A lot of this does feel very, like, is she Visser 1? Is she not? I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to treat you like you're Visser 1, but say maybe you're not because it's all politics and we'll put you on trial, but it's not. it has nothing to do with laws. We're trying to figure <laughs> out if we like you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, uh, I, I also just want to say, generally speaking, I think this book does a good – this is a really good way of doling out exposition in my opinion. Uh, it doesn't feel like an info dump in this book. The way that she recounts things feels more natural to me than in most other mm-hmm. e- examples in the series where she's just yeah. kind of explaining stuff here and there as she talks about the viscers she, or she's, you know, maybe telling the council about stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that worked well. Yeah, I think that does work well. And and the fact that it's a trial uh, also kind of helps with that a little bit because you can you can have these these things where it's like the council also some of you on the council already fully know this. Some of you are vaguely aware of it, but like because I'm trying to defend my life here and I think the details are important, I think it's important that I go through every single point boom 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 just so we're all clear. Like that that makes sense in this context. Uh, it's it's different from the standard, as you know, uh, <laughs> type thing. Exhibit A. Yeah. Once there was a construction site at a mall. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, I, I don't know if yeah. you have ever played a Phoenix Wright video game before. <laughs> I don't play video games, but I've heard plenty about Phoenix Wright games from the people who I know who've played them, which is yes. uh, several. The Ace Attorney series. Yes. As it's maybe known now. Um, well, they take place in a sort of a dystopian version of Japan, more like more dystopian, <laughs> where all court trials have to be settled in three days. So I feel like you could, make, you could make a really good Phoenix Wright lawyer style game where you have to defend Visser 1. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll make you it. You can put that put that on the list of uh things to do along with your point and clicks and your board games. <laughs> yep. Should we uh, you tell me yeah, what you think, but should we now get to chapter 2? <laughs> I suppose. Um oh, should I introduce this now? We we also learn about Garoff 168. Oh yeah. N- yeah, yeah. That, that is worth noting. Okay, I don't know if uh, if they note him more later, but he's he's on the council. He's the only named member of the council, and we know that he is Visser One's old mentor, and he might be taking a leading role uh, for the council in the trial. So he gets like all the speaking lines for the trial is is Garoff talking to her, which again leads you to this question of like, 
what what is this trial about? That her her mentor is here. He's clearly got some interest either in being mad at her or liking mm-hmm. her or something. Also, what does that mean in your culture? What is a what is a mentor? Like, did he train her when she was was she, she trained to be mm-hmm. a soldier? Did they like hang out together in the pool and he showed her the ropes when they were when they were uh, cell, dividing cells and reproducing or whatever the fuck yurks do in the pool? You know, like what 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 is when did this relationship begin? I want to know more about the Garoff relationship. I don't mm-hmm. know if we're gonna get that in part two, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, yeah. We'll see if we can pick up a little bit in between the lines. It's, it's kind of what I say when, like, somebody's bothering me. I'm like, get off me. Oh, yeah, 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 same. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so we're a little over an hour into the podcast. Do we want to do chapter two? <laughs> yeah, I think we should tell people what the plot of the book is now. <laughs> There's okay. so much at the beginning of this. I know. Yeah, it's very beginning dense. Um, all right. So, so Edris, uh, Edris five six two. She oh, Garoff is... doesn't have a number, by the way, or at least no, we he, don't get told it. He he. he we get told it later. Oh, I wrote it down oh, okay. here, but we okay. get told later. It was um one six eight. Then it was important that I interrupted. Okay, now keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So so yeah. So Edris. Uh, Begins telling her story. Um, okay, so story. Uh, years ago, she was Subvisor 409. So that was her old rank. She was Subvisor 409. She was in a Horkbizer body, and she worked on Olgen Base, um, where she specialized in intelligence, and she was looking for a Class 5 species, which we'll discuss exactly what that means in a bit. But for now, think of it as, like, the perfect host species is what she's looking for. Um so, you know, Olgen sucks, we get to, whatever, we get a scene where she gives, like, a speech to a bunch of new recruits, um, but, you know, a- after a little bit of just going over the basics of that, um, a Yurk named Method 572 uh, gives a report to her, and uh, so, if you remember in the Andalite Chronicles, when Visser 3 infested Chapman as part of a deal to, like, take the humans in exchange for power for Chapman or whatever, that whole, uh, whatever. Well, here's where that report went, right? That, they, that, that report went to Visser one, that, holy shit, we got a report of this new species. Uh, probably, it could be class five. You need to go find it. You're in charge of it. Um, so Visser one like recaps the events of the Andalite Chronicles. And, uh, and while she's doing it, she points out that Visser three was involved with all that. And she's like, Oh, well, you know, uh, he infested Aloran, who killed the Hork-Bajir, and Alfangor was there, too. And, you know, the, we had a human, and we had the Scritna ship with the coordinates, but that was all lost, and we didn't know where it went, and I had to be the one to find it. And she very acu- uh, very dramatically accuses uh, Visser III of um, of being the tra- a traitor, of saying, well, it's, it's all Visser III's fault, because he's an Andalite sympathizer and a traitor, not me. I'm not the guilty one here. Um... Anyway, she, she, at, at this point in the story, she works for like a year's worth of time trying to figure out where the hell this human came from, where Earth could be, uh, until her superior, Subvisor 17, tells her that she's wasting her time and he's going to reassign her to the Taxon homeworld as a Taxon. Um, so I want to pause here to talk a little bit about Olgen base and class five species and this Visser accusing Visser three thing and all that. 
Because there's just so much <laughs> yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Very Phoenix Wright move, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Halfway through the through the or even at the beginning of the trial, would be like, it yeah. was actually the other guy who's already in the courtroom too. <laughs> I am led to believe that in Phoenix, right, you have to accuse, like, somebody has to be found guilty. And if, if you can't prove who actually did the crime, they'll, like, convict your client. Yeah, that's that's correct. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm glad we understand that. Um, I, I don't, I mean, where do we, where do we start? I, I mean, for me, it's, the, most of this is her training or mm-hmm. indoctrinating her subordinates who by the way mm-hmm. insubordinates subordinate insubordinate subordinate no insubordinate is like you're bad <laughs> yeah they're not being a good subordinate <laughs> anyway she totally murders one of them <laughs> yeah well she murders the host and probably doesn't murder the yerk inside <laughs> yeah but it's like what she's on trial for that mm-hmm. and then that's part of her story and like nobody that was fine <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They know. She she says at this point, she's all like, you know, I I know they they had just put out, apparently, when this happened, they just put out new regulations about (laughs) killing subordinates. And she was like, but nobody gives a shit. And I know nobody gives a shit. And I'm just going to tell it in my story because let's be real here. They don't, they don't care. (laughs) Doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) I do. I was a little confused and maybe even more so later. Uh, no, I guess it's around this time. Do we get to memory dumps yet or not yet? Uh, we're about to it. go into a memory dump after this. I figured I'd, I'd wait um, on yes. that part. Sure, we could wait on that. But uh, some it's like sometimes Visser 1 is addressing the council, and sometimes she has asides that feel like they're just for the reader. Mm-hmm. And but it's they they don't really differentiate unless there's something in the physical copy I I don't have it's like an italics or something but it's like sometimes she's like as you know counsel and then she'll be like of course the stupid counsel didn't know and I'm like wait a minute who are you who are you talking to who are you telling I, this to <laughs> the couple of times I noticed that I thought it was just like if it's in quotes then she's saying it to the counsel and if it's not she's it's mm. an aside to the reader. Like yeah. she's not actually saying it, but maybe there's mm. something I'm not aware of where she's weird about that. Yeah, maybe it's just sometimes when she's giving exposition, it just felt like she was explaining this for their benefit, but I guess it's for our benefit too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like I said, there are points where it kind of makes sense where you would want to re-explain it. Cause like, I don't know, maybe they're out of touch. Just make sure you all understand we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as, I'm sure the Yerks are like us and all their, High-ranking leaders are geriatrics. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, as far as killing that controller, she also has a, a good part where she's like, it's a good thing he was in a ged because we didn't have very many hork If I killed a hork I'd actually get in trouble because, you know, we need those. Fuck geds. <laughs> we can kill a ged. Poor geds. We do get some more. We haven't seen geds in a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get a little bit of uh, geds or... <laughs> I love her, Geds. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I'm still, I'm always picturing, <laughs> the thing I picture in my head is the monkey from Futurama. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> from the episode that's where it, be, it becomes a smart monkey, and I don't, that's just what I'm picturing. Wait, do you mean Nibbler? No, not Nibbler. Okay, okay, There's okay. There's mm-hmm. one where, like, I, the monkey becomes, I don't even remember the details. The monkey becomes smart and is like friends with Fry. And then I think okay. it, 
Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I vaguely <laughs> remember this, but no, that I listen. That's it's not wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about what a class five species is. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, there's five classes. Yeah, there, there's five classes. Uh, the first class uh, suck, and you can't infest them at all. And she gives Scritna as an example. Um, the second class, you can infest them, but they suck, and she gives Geds and Taxons. The third is... <laughs> Again, choice of council members, the class two shit species. He wants to consume. Uh, there's Class three, are they're, they're really good, but there just aren't very many, and that's the hork Class four is they're good in all ways, but they're too hard to conquer, and that's the Andalites. And then class five is, is just everything's perfect, right? They're... they're they're good at things. There's a shitload of them, and they can't fight back. So, so yeah. So this is a lot of what Visser One is concerned with: is finding somebody who fits that that final do, uh, categorization. Do Yerks not know about Arn cloning tech? They don't know that they can jerk off the Horkbajirs and make more. Or yeah, clearly they didn't. <laughs> they just blew them up and shot them for target practice. They didn't actually look at what was in those computers. Yeah, it would probably help them a lot. Um, I think it's, you know, it's interesting that Yerks themselves are not part of this classification. It's, hmm. they're, they're outside of this sphere. You can't, you can't infest a Yerk. Right. It makes sense. Yeah, right. It makes sense, but it does feel maybe like. Maybe they're class one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, Yerks have brains they they must they right must. can a yerk infest a yerk that's a good a very good question i mean obviously they'd be too big like they wouldn't fit but i'm imagining yeah. like those like same size vor picks where they have the giant bellies <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what come what? on people don't know what sick shit you're talking about right now <laughs> They don't need oh, to they hear know. this. They know. Yeah, they just if, Googled it. No, if you're an adult re- listening to an Animorphs podcast, you probably know. Because <laughs> you read Megamorphs book two and you got you developed vor fetishes oh, as a kid. Oh, right. Yeah, the vor book. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, we got this Olgan base. Uh, I always imagined this base is... I don't think there's any reason to have done this, but do you remember in... um? in like Ender's game where they send him off to like the other the other uh school that's in like maybe an asteroid or a moon of Mars or some shit and it's like an old uh bugger colony and they're like in tiny tunnels and the gravity's not good. I imagine this place is being like that because they t- they ca- they keep talking about how it's it's only good for its like point in zero space and and everybody mm. who gets any rank there just immediately leaves and it sucks. Uh, it's probably just like a satellite or something, but I don't know. I always imagined it like that as a yeah. kid. That's I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's um, good. It's good. It's really good. It good. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad. Um, we get a lot of alien lore, just like lots and lots of bits and pieces about aliens. Um, yeah. She says that hork brains have the innate quirk of confusing various languages, which 
seems well, kind of dumb. Like, it, it feels like that's them being like, how come the Hork-Bajir always talk in multiple languages? It can't be because they're bilingual and don't know Earth language that well. That must just be a thing Hork-Bajir do. Uh, <laughs> well, feels, this is... Yeah. I mean, I, I thought of... This was a note I had for a little bit in the future, but mm-hmm. I did have to wonder, probably not for the first time reading this book, what language do Yurks speak? Because mm. they, they talk... The only alien language we ever actually hear is Hork-Bajir language. Yeah. Like, which, which, how much of that is Galard and how much of it is Hork-Bajir language? Like, like when the Yurk Hork-Bajir yell, are they yelling Hork-Bajir or are they yelling in Galard? So I guess the Yurks just speak Galard. (laughs) I guess. Is Visser one speaking in English in this book or Galard? Yeah, I don't know. Are are they translating this for us or, or what? Mm. I don't. Yeah, it's, don't know. It's, it's weird. It's just weird that they, for some species, reference it so specifically. And then for the Yurks, they don't really gloss. They can mm-hmm. just gloss over it. Um, the other alien detail that I liked, or I don't know if I liked it. I thought I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting. She says she talks about how it's it, Andalites and Horkbajir are gender differentiated, implying mm-hmm. that Yurks are not. Mm-hmm. And this is something. When I think I don't, yeah, I don't know because we we've been defaulting to referring to the Yurks. We've talked about this a lot. Is like yeah, yeah. They, they take on characteristics of their hosts, maybe, and that's kind of, kind of the gender they go with, maybe. But I, this makes it sound like they just that just concept doesn't really mean anything to them. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what. To yeah, do I mean with that, that was. That's in my fan theory. That's the reason, right? It's like gender doesn't mean anything to them. So when they encounter it in a brain, they just kind of go with it because they don't mm-hmm. have anything to default to. If if they were going to have something like that, like I said, we know that it takes three yurks coming together to make babies. Screw in a light bulb. Yeah. So you would you would think that if there was going to be some kind of like a uh, sex linked gender, there would be three of them. But that doesn't seem to be the case at all. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. And she doesn't. You think it could be them. any three Yurks, or do they have to be specific? Do Yurks have a, a sex of some kind, but they're just like not like more like you can't tell just by looking. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. it sounds like they're all just Yurks, but mm-hmm. it's like maybe they're hermaphroditic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I need I need to be able to turn that into a, a three aphroditic, but it doesn't. That's not how that word works. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, f- a fanfic will clear this up for us, probably. An erotic Yurk fanfic. Uh huh. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And I think she does. She and Visser One infests a male host at first, right? We're gonna get to that. Yeah, yeah. She we we'll we'll get to that, but she she will infest a male host eventually here for like two seconds. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, um, whatever. Yeah, uh, okay, so a couple other things here we've referenced before. She says here, um, Skritna are useless because of their annoying need to phase. So so I when I came in here, I had said something to the effect of, uh, I thought that they were, um, that th- they couldn't infest them because the Skritna would like, you know, they, they, they have their weird bug, bug stage and then they metamorphize into the gray alien stage and i had been running under the assumption that the grays sometimes just randomly turn back into the bugs and i i 
was expecting to see that reference somewhere, and I never did, so I don't know where I got that idea unless it's from here. Uh, now, I don't know what the fuck need to phase means, but I'm in my head headcanon, I'm going to stick with sometimes they just turn back into bugs randomly. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I just read it as like, yeah, they turn into other things, but the details, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also, I feel like this has been a question before, but it's explicitly said here that it is uh, very difficult for a Yerk to escape a host as it is dying before mm. it dies too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sure. we also the, we also find out that uh, there there is an ongoing insurgency on the Taxon homeworld, right? Like when they want to send mm. Visser One to the Taxon homeworld, it says for doing anti-insurgent work. Yeah, Sub Visser Four O Nine. You mean <laughs> Sub Visser Four O Nine? Yes, Edris. Is that the right number? Edris. Yeah, you got oh, it. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, like the cleaning. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, other than the, the great part where she points her finger at Visser 3 and is like, I accuse. <laughs> yeah, she literally says, J'accuse. I mean, yeah. literally. She literally in English says, J'accuse. <laughs> yeah, or Gallard. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a lot of Visser 1 and Visser 3 banter in this book, and I do feel the need to remind you Me. that if you, yeah, you personally, that if, if you were to ship Visser 3 and Visser 1, the name of I that do. ship is Visser Throne. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so just keep that in mind if if you're ever thinking about that as we continue here. Yeah, I was gonna call them Visser Oni. <laughs> hmm, that's not bad. Visser Oni Chan. Oh my God, we have so much more to go. <laughs> now this is gonna be fine. We're almost done. Okay. All right. So so in order to avoid being a tax on because she doesn't want to do that, Visser One or Visser Edris and her subordinate. SM-293, uh, steal a ship and head out to look for Earth, this human planet. And, uh, you know, Visser 3 is like, aha, you know, she stole a ship, but the council's like, no, no, we already knew about this. She's been pardoned, whatever, continue the story. Um, but because they've been over this before, there is a memory dump. Uh, Visser 1 has made a memory dump. So from here on... Uh, the Council and Visser 1 and Visser 3 and also the Reader are accessing the Memory Transfer Protocol uh, so we can relive the, the story as she remembers it happening. Um, okay, cool. so so Edris and Essam, they're running low on supplies uh, and they have nowhere to return to as they arrive at Earth and they're like, well, shit, this better be the right planet. Um, they get here and immediately they start picking up like all of our media and data and like shit that we're broadcasting out into space. And, um, and Edris thinks, uh, well, you know, I only got one ship. I don't know if these guys are actually weak or not. Uh, we got to figure out what is going on so we don't fuck this up. Right. So we got to be stealthy about this. Um, she has no idea where to start with all the data we're broadcasting into space. So, after she assesses that we don't have any, you know, space lasers or whatever, she decides to land for a closer look-see, and they land uh, right in the middle of Operation Desert Storm, um, right? Like, they, they do recon and see a bunch of Iraqi soldiers in trenches, and then they all get artilleried and, like, tanks move in. Um, so, yeah. 
So she arrives on Earth here in Desert Storm, which actually um, places this book as being in January or February, or not this book, but this part of the story as being in January or February of 91. Okay. Yeah. Before we get to Operation Desert Storm. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like Kay Applegate started writing this book and got tired of having to justify her telling the story and uh, having all these asides to the council. She was like, you know what? They have fucking memory tech. <laughs> Let me just make that happen. Yeah. So I can just write this story, not have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I like that they can turn the memory recordings on and off. They're kind of like body cams. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when they're about yeah. to just murder someone, they can just click. <laughs> Nobody has to see that. <laughs> Or can they, or, or is it like after the fact you choose what memories you're dumping? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. They definitely say like, oh, I noticed you didn't record this part, but I don't know if it was before or after the fact. Yeah, there's there's like a bit where... You don't, don't have this record, here. maybe. Yeah, say. you don't have this record, and they're like, Vissers don't actually have to keep this record, the, the regular Yorks you know, whatever, but this is, it's up to you if you want to have this to present a trial or not. At the end of the day, you cook up to the, your brain to the machine and you decide which parts to download. I don't know. <laughs> it makes yeah. no fucking sense. I mean, I gotta say, you know, immediately it's just like, oh, this is, um, this is what the escort were doing, isn't it? Right. Right. Yeah. Like, but they did it for entertainment and these guys do it. Well, um, maybe they, oh no, cause with the escort don't, the, the main Yerks don't know about the escort. Yeah, no, they don't know about it. And that actually made me wonder, I did not go back and check this, but I, I was wondering, what was Axe's reaction to the memory things that the escort have? Because if he if he was like, oh, I don't know about this tech, then that would imply they didn't get this from the Andalites. Well, I don't know they, what the... They but, ha- may, but maybe he wasn't like that, I don't know. Isn't this basically a Herak Deleste? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of Herak Deleste. So I don't know. So maybe remember. they just do, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's like just the memory tech is sort of a different species have different versions of mm-hmm. it, but maybe it's just a thing. But Andalites are always talking about how they 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 have like hollows or something, don't they? They have like holographic shit for like their entertainment or or yeah. do they not? I don't no, know. They, whatever. They, they say hollows. Well, I don't know. They voice chat with each other on Skype. <laughs> I don't know. Showing your age there with Skype. Oh, look, Skype is still used. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll buy it. <laughs> I've used Skype. Um, also, this memory dump still includes commentary from Visser One. It's it doesn't completely just switch to like an omniscient narrator or something. It's still it's still her telling the story to us. Yeah, she's like there in the memory, so she can like comment on it or maybe just comment to us. But they can like tell how she was feeling and I don't, I don't know, know. It feels a little. I almost just wish it were a hard. Mm-hmm. change in the, in the storytelling method. It's a little messy to me, but it's fine. Mm. Um, uh, Iraq. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of, yeah. So talk about, talk about that. Give us a little history lesson. Cause some people might not be studied in history. Mm. Uh, Okay, basically, in the early 90s, uh-huh. um, whatever, the short version, Iraq invaded <laughs> Kuwait and all, uh, the United States and a bunch of other countries, but mostly the United States uh, went in there and uh, like kicked the shit out of them very, very quickly. Um, 
and the this it's yeah it's one of in a very long history of middle east bullshit stuff but it like this is iraq one right like this this it, it was saddam hussein still right we're still the you know this is the thing that that's like the precursor to the big one 10 years later yeah and right. this is the movie uh three kings which came out in 1999 also mm, okay takes place in the, the during that yeah it's relevant because this book came out in 1999 right so that's my that's basically the beginning and end of my knowledge of that event is that movie yeah i mean there's there's more but the, the there's probably more you need to know yeah there's probably there's probably a couple more yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, what a, what an interesting decision mm-hmm. to make this the touchdown point. Mm-hmm. And they do kind of, it's not focused on too much, but they, a little bit, I feel like it starts to get into the territory of, oh, these humans war with each other, which we've heard the Andalites kind of talk about how, like, I can't believe the humans are so violent and uncivilized and bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, don't, I don't want to hear any of that shit from the Yerk. Cause <laughs> you just talked about how you're always killing your own people. So you better not start moralizing about humans to me <laughs> because I'm not, they gonna... learned it from the Andalites. They would never want to admit it, but they lived <laughs> peacefully in their pools and occasionally ran around as gets until the Andalites showed them about murdering and hierarchies and armies and guns. And they were like, I want to do that. It's all the Andalites' <laughs> fault. They learned it. They Yurks are fundamentally good people, I think. And <laughs> Andalites are the the people. They corrupted them. That's what I think. What a take. What a take. <laughs> that's that's my take. I'm sticking to that take. Okay, on the record. Uh, I'll wait. I, I mean, I think we'll talk. I want to talk more about that when we get to the next part. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I also like night vision spray. <laughs> I was wondering, I got to that and I was like, there was some stupid ass uh, tech that we like had a conversation about. And I'm pretty sure it was actually the, um, like the eyeglass mounted. Oh, oh, hmm. Yeah. I was thinking in, in book, uh, 21 or something, they had like, eye eyeglass mounted Dracon beams. But yeah, I I was wondering if maybe that at some point they had said that they had these before. Uh, this, no, this spray. I don't think they did. There's no okay. way this has been brought up before. I would remember. Yeah, okay. I remember the now the Cyclops beams yeah. they had. Yeah, I thought I was thinking when we just talked about the host on the Patreon and they have medical spray. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love the idea. Yeah, you just spray your eyes and you can see. I, who who invented this tech? Because Yerks don't have eyes. So is this, do they steal this from somebody or did a Yerk scientist decide now that we have eyes, I better make shit for us to see at night. Where yeah. the fuck did this come from? Every time I don't know and it doesn't make sense for the Andalites, I'm going to be like, they got it from the Angachik ship they took. <laughs> That's where it, the Angachiks were all about it. Okay. They yeah, loved the night vision spray. <laughs> Maybe the such... Skritnaw stole it from somebody and they got one vial. And they were like, oh, better reproduce this. How easy would it be to just say hork can see at night? Like, they probably can. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> or they or they could have night vision goggles. Sure. You know, like like people have. <laughs> no, it's got to be just a have spray. <laughs> I'm just imagining they grabbed the wrong spray and 
<laughs> I, like I'm imagining like some scene out of like Jackass where they like spray each other in the face with pepper spray by mistake or something. If I was a kid, I probably would have sprayed something in my. I mean, I guess I did read this as a kid, so I guess I didn't do this. But it feels like the kind of thing I would do is be like, "I'm like them." <laughs> you repress. Listen, this is why you wear glasses. You don't remember, but <laughs> oh yeah, oops, was well, right around that time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, second reference of Desbedine is in here. Um, mm. I guess I guess I, I can lead into Essam with that because uh, we find out that that one of the reasons Essam is not a subvisor himself is because uh, he there was a neutral Desbedine ship and he accidentally allowed some Horkbajir hosts to escape on it. Um, but uh, but Visser one talks about or Edris whatever I don't know fuck it. Uh, she talks about. Um, SM-293 as being, like, very competent and intelligent, but weak, um, right? Like, this is a guy who doesn't have the right ambition or drive or, uh, like, maliciousness and cruelty to really advance up the ranks, but he knows what he's doing. So, like, I think she she says, I needed a competent servant, not a competitor. Um, Basically, this Visser 1 is a dom, and this guy is a sub, so they were a natural. (laughs) Like, they just worked... That's why his name, it's when whenever she barks an order, he goes, Yesum. Right. That is <laughs> one that is you you've cracked the code. Yep. Well, I'm a little bit of a of a of a Kington over here. <laughs> bit of a code cracker. Master code breaker over there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this is this is where we meet Essam, who's gonna keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And Iraq. <laughs> I do yeah, like all uh, the, you know, we get some fun. Hey, it's Earth, but I don't know about TV. So you get some of that, mm-hmm. uh, how they, the alien descriptions yeah. of things. We'll get a little more of that later. But yeah, we get some now. We also get, oh, we get the great bit where she intercepts a snippet of uh, dialogue here. <laughs> the snippet mm-hmm. being, hey, it's up. Nothing, man. Yeah, same here. So what did he say? He was all like, no problem. And I was like, uh, reality check, okay? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Classic teen dialogue. Classic, yeah. I, 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 I always love when it's like, I need to write dialogue, but I don't, I don't actually want to have him say anything. Like, how many words can I put with zero content? This is what the uh, NPCs in Grand Theft Auto say when you're just when you're driving by them. <laughs> it's not a really a real conversation. They just have pre-recorded lines. That's the name of our podcast, by the way. How many words can we say with no content? <laughs> I, you know what I don't like is that she spells sup t apostrophe sup. Mm. It's not just sup. It's like what yeah. sup? Yeah, kind of looks like a nappy word there. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate it. To sup. Hey, no one's ever... That's not a thing. That's never been done. You can't Mm -hmm. tell me people used to write to sup. They never did. (laughs) To sup. That's what I want, is to sup at night. To sup, yeah. Um, And we also... We we see the first concerns about humans' ability to fight back here as well. Right, like Visser One has yeah. some. She's looking at all the tanks and shit, and she's like, "All right, they're not like Dracon beams, and they don't have shields, and they can't. But like, they can blow shit up pretty good. 
Uh, <laughs> and there are billions of them. So, like, you know, maybe we come in here and win, but, like, I don't know that it's easy. Um, it's so funny. Like, they could have... Did they go to a place on their radar that they detected human activity or something? I don't remember what how they decided to land here. I don't remember that either. It's uh, like they could have is... ended up in the in the jungle. They could have just seen a rhino and been like, "Hey, there's a human, I guess." <laughs> like, they... yeah. <laughs> it's so of all the places for them to land. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's they just. I I have no idea. I'm looking and seeing if there's. A- anything i'm yeah, seeing a lot of kawumps in the text <laughs> yeah there are a lot of kawumps i mean they know not to land in the water <laughs> yeah i do but it is I, I very much appreciate that they don't just land in the united states because that's such mm-hmm. a you know it's such an american centric in every alien movie it's like yeah of course they land they, they're abducting people in ohio there are no aliens out in south america or whatever <laughs> why the fuck would they go there <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, they do justify why they're in America, which I think is good, which uh, I guess can lead us to the next section. Yes, but yeah, I, I appreciate a lot that 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 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so after there's this big fight, uh, you know, all the soldiers get blown up. Uh, they fly around looking for a human survivor to infest, uh, so they can figure out like what what is going on, and they find a lone Iraqi soldier. Um, so they, they chase him down and Edris infests him just like right there in the desert. Um, we get this long description of the human brain from the perspective of a yerk who is infesting it for the first time with like no idea what to expect. Um, so after she gets a sense of what the human brain is like, who is this guy? What are humans like? Um, she's like, all right, we can, we can kill this guy and move on. Right. We don't, we don't need this guy anymore. Fuck it. Um, so so they kill him and they move on to the next step, which is, she says, all right, so these guys here in this location, they're losing the war. So they're weak. We don't want these guys. We want the guys who are winning the war. And those guys are the Americans. So let's go to America and start there. We'll figure it out from there. Um, so (laughs) a lot of infestation stuff here. (laughs) Again, just... Who knows? Like, just this just happened to be the first human. You know, what if what if they ended up like in a Canadian or or like a British guy, and the British guy's like, mm-hmm. yeah, British people are the best. Then they'd be over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she just yeah, like believes the first brain she goes into. <laughs> yeah, there is something reasonable there. Um, but like, I, I I do appreciate at least the attempt to be like, well, we had our story set in America, and I don't want to be too America centric. So like. Yeah, you know there are there are ways in which America dominates the world stage, and one of them is you know militarily. So it, it would make sense that this fascist military, uh, yeah, shithead would want to come here to the land of fascist military shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a far cry from body snatchers. You know, we're mm-hmm. it's a very it's just a very different, unique start to the whole thing. So that's, it's cool. Yeah. I am not totally sure this is how brains work, but maybe you can tell me otherwise. (laughs) Is this how brains work? Uh, sort of, kind of. It's not outright wrong. Okay. 
Okay. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the two halves of the brain. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of almost like how we say, oh, you only use 10% of the brain. Like, I thought left brain and right brain was kind of not actually a real thing. Am I wrong about that? Is it uh, a real thing? It's not a real thing in the way people use it, where they're like, oh, your rational side is right-brained and your the, the creative side is left-brained. That's all bullshit. Um, but the idea that like the right half of your brain controls the left half of your body and the left half controls the right half and um, a lot of a lot of components are distributed across the two halves and they talk to each other, that all is true. Okay. Um, and there is there is some weird truth to the idea that if you if you split the connection then the two brains like function independently of each other and might not necessarily have the same personalities as each other although what exactly that means is murky and weird and you know you probably don't want to read too much into it <laughs> um you know she she talks a lot about like Oh, like this is a democratic brain. It can argue with itself. It contains two different personalities or whatever, which I, I don't, that is a little shakier. Like it, 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 that's not necessarily true. You know, it makes more sense to be like, while these two halves independently would function differently, if you put them together, there's, there's really just one brain, you know, because they function together. It, um, it also implies that humans are the only species that like argue with themselves in their own heads. That's basically what she says. She's like, humans yeah. are so weird. They're constantly debating with themselves. I'm like, you can't tell me that Andalites and the Yurks don't yeah. do that based on our direct first person accounts from them. They clearly do it all the time. <laughs> right. And, and, and we, and we're not the only brain that's split into lobes. We know Hork-Bajir brains are split into three lobes, um, you know, and, and yeah, the direct evidence contradicts it. it. It feels like we, I wanted to make an impactful metaphor about humans' ability to be um, both, both good and evil, and I wanted to relate that to Visser 1's story where we're empathizing with her, but she's, and we can see her perspective, but she's a bad guy. And there's a lot of, like, parallels to this through, but it feels like we're, we're trying to make that metaphor very, um, like, reality-based. And, mm. and, and, it, and it's kind of like, in order to have the impact, uh, it has to be what I was talking about at the, early, at the beginning of this podcast. It has to be this kind of human exceptionalism. Yeah. And it just doesn't really map onto the rest of the series very well. Yeah, I like the metaphor, but yeah, it just it just contradicts other stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's weird. And it is I, I do think that kind of exceptionalism is a pet peeve of mine. Like like why why would why does everything about Earth have to be special? And this is not the only sci fi series that has this problem where like, oh, fundamentally this is we're we're better or special or different from every other species when really the expectation is that we should all be about the same, maybe different proclivities here and there, but about the same, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We're probably the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we get an Israeli drop here. Oh, uh, yeah. She says, uh, the enemies <laughs> of this creature are called the French, the British, the Israelis, and the Americans. Uh, I have two bullet points <laughs> under this quote in my notes. They are based and same. <laughs> 
I think no more need be said about that. I think I think we we've covered it all there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? Wait, 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 the way you say that. No, I mean no, I, no, 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 no. I mean, what else? That's okay, all. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Do we want to move on to the now? We go back to the trial here. Uh, I do want to talk about this. Uh, this guy she infests. Um, because oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I really like how this is done. I really like how because I feel like it would be very easy. Maybe this wasn't as much of a thing in the '90s. Maybe it was more of a thing. But like, God, after all of the ways in which we caricaturized Middle Eastern people in the the aughts when I was growing up, uh, I just feel like, oh yeah, you you almost kind of expect this guy to be a racist caricature when she gets inside his head. But but instead, it's like, okay, yeah, we find out he's a Muslim. We also find out that he has a family and that his kids are like the most important thing in the world to him, that he's a painter, right? He's not, he, he is a soldier, but really he's a painter in his everyday life. Uh, you know, he, he hates the war, but he's also very proud of his service to his country. You know, he, he wants his kids to be proud, proud of their dad for being a soldier and fighting. Like, this is a guy. It's like, it's just some guy. Uh, and I really appreciate that about this. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, we 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 talk about the Quran a lot, as we established earlier. Right. Yes, that is and something we, that comes up commonly. <laughs> we do get an Allah name drop here, mm-hmm. which is which is cool because it's not something that was in a lot of kids' books. You know, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there were a lot of kids who were like, "What is that?" and had to look that up. I mean, I guess you did. They do say it in Aladdin. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's not. It's not. You know, again, maybe I'm just so jaded by post 9-11 shit, but it's, it's you know, he's not out there, like, screaming to Allah to kill her or whatever, right? He's in there, like, he's terrified for his life, so he's, like, uh, praying to Allah to, to save him, because he's like, what the fuck is this thing in my head? Um, so, like, it's, 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 I, I like it. It's well done, I think. Yeah, very tasteful and respectful. Yeah, tasteful like and us. respectful infestation yeah that's what how i would call our podcast mm-hmm. okay all right so okay memory dump concludes i'm just gonna hit a couple of minor points here uh concludes the council adjourns for a recess uh viscer one and viscer three are left alone and they banter for a bit um there's a point where viscer three like tries to make viscer one an offer you know he's like oh uh, if the the earth has billions of hosts if the two of us joined forces we could overthrow the empire and be the new the new council and viscer one is like what am i dumbass right you say that to me in private thought speak and then you record me agreeing out loud like how fucking dumb do you think i am this is obviously a trap um then he's like oh um <laughs> And uh, the council returns from their recess, and we we start up the next memory dump here. Uh, so we get to see, um, you know, Edris and Essam. They return to orbit, and they try to figure out where the fuck America is. Um, we get a bit where she's, like, trying to interpret media, and she can't tell what's fiction and what's real. Um and but 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 their supply situation is critical, so they have to act now. So they're like, "All right, we're gonna land. We're gonna try to land in Hollywood because it gets referenced a lot. So it's probably really important." California confirmed. California confirmed, or at least at this point in the story, California confirmed. But since they, yeah, I mean, listen, 
It's California <laughs> confirmed. I could try to hide it. I could make up an excuse, but let's be real. California confirmed and uh, do you, yeah, I don't know. It's funny that Visser 3 thinks humans eat raw eggs. <laughs> yeah, he just has no fucking idea. He gives her a head of lettuce and raw eggs to eat. But Visser 3 has shit. been in human morph, so he's just never eaten anything <laughs> as a human. Yeah. I mean, if he had, then he would throw away the entire invasion and go run a Cinnabon. But, and also, none of the people underneath him know either. Like, he just tells them, yeah, 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 go get some eggs and lettuce. Or he says, go get human food, and they all just don't know, so they're like, uh, this? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, they probably wouldn't tell him otherwise, but yeah, no, you're right. He would say, go get some human food, and then I guess they got that and he didn't. Maybe they're playing a joke on him. <laughs> I mean, clearly the the intended read of this is that Visser 3 is the stupid one, but if you're really going down the ladder here, yeah. I don't think it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, somebody else. I mean, he should know by now, but like, yeah, somebody else <laughs> fucked up here. Some some controller went to the supermarket and was like, oh, for the trial, I better get some of these heads of lettuce. Like, where'd they get it from? They grow it themselves? Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah, grab it out of the fridge at the Yerk pool. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want to talk more about the council, but this is where they they kind of talk more about the emperor thing. Yeah, this is where they bring that up. Um, I feel like we went over everything with that, but I don't I don't know. I mean, I could talk about it more, but I should, let's just not. Let's just move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, so so this is this clash between Visser 1 and Visser 3. Uh this is it's it's this it's this problem, right? Where Visser 3 is this children's media villain and Visser 1 is this real villain, right? Like mm-hmm. Visser 3 is a perfectly fine villain if what you need him to do is stand in the background and go, "I'll get you next time." Uh <laughs> and that really kind of like because the problem here is that that this idea of like I'll privately tell her and thought speak and then she'll say it out loud and I'll make it look like she's betraying them this is a perfectly reasonable and good trick for a Saturday morning cartoon and the problem comes up when when Visser 3 tries to do baby's first trap in children's media and Visser 1 says um that's baby's first trap in children's media right <laughs> like like if it's not even just that the series is a bit tonally inconsistent. It's that we take these characters who are like characterized in those different tones. And then we just put them together and don't worry about the fact that now one of them is fucking stupid. (laughs) Well, it's now it's canon. It's just part of his character. He's yeah. He, well, he's Kylo Ren and she's Snoke (laughs) or something. No, Garoff is Snoke. She's uh, Ray. Evil Ray. She's Dark Ray. <laughs> he's, um, he's uh, Darth Vader. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I like Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is. At least he used to be Darth Vader. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, whatever. He's. You're right. He's stupid. But I, I don't know. I. I guess I'd rather. <sighs> Is it better that they acknowledge it, or would it, would you rather they almost just retcon him and make him a little smarter in this book or something? Like what what's the what's the optimal choice here? Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I uh, 
like I said, I don't mind it. I, I, I can reconcile with the idea that Visser 3 is kind of an arrogant brute who got where he was because he has his special interest, which is Andalites, and they never fucking put him on Andalites. And that's why he's just always so bad, because he's just completely disinterested in what he's doing. You know, it's like, I just want to fucking kill all these humans so we can go fight the Andalites. I don't want to deal with this. I'm not interested. I won't look at it. I won't pay attention. Um, like, I can reconcile that. It's fine. You know, maybe he's just a dumb guy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not, I don't know. Uh, for Honestly, you know, for a second, I kind of thought maybe he meant it. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do think I I do think that um, Visser Three is legitimately loyal to the Yurk Empire in a way that Visser One is not. I think that Visser One mm. is exactly the type to to be all like, eh, I'm just looking out for for number one. If I got a chance to overthrow the council and I thought it was legit, I'd do it. Whereas I think that Visser Three is like, wouldn't mind being on the council, but I believe in the glory of the Yurk Empire. I don't know. See, that would be a good canon explanation for why he's mm-hmm. in power is that they're like, we can't, we, we need someone who's a little dumb because we can control him. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Visser one can't actually be trusted. Maybe. Yeah. Except but it I, sort yeah. of seems like the opposite because Visser three is so reckless. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that is the problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, we get some good fiction versus reality tropes here, right? The aliens, yeah. Like, oh, they have faster than light travel, but that's not possible. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't know what fiction is, but they're lying for some reason. Why would that be? I do not know. Yeah. Do you think Visser One likes these messages? Hmm. <laughs> I think she learned not to, but I do think she likes Star Trek. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Andalites do have hollows, as we've said, so... I mean, I'm sure they, I don't know, nobody puts on plays or writes books. Like, she's never heard of this concept. Yeah, I don't know. They, they don't do it in the Yurk Empire, so she doesn't think about it, even though they have hosts. I don't well, know, it makes man. sense, because I guess, I mean, they don't have, like, sets and computer effects. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is 1991, so the computer effects aren't that good. She Maybe she's seen The Abyss. That's probably out. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I bet she'd like The Abyss. Yeah. All right. Anyway, whatever. Right. Uh, do you like the part where uh, where they decide to go to Hollywood and they say four locations are mentioned frequently in the data, New York, Washington, D.C., L.A., and Hollywood? I do like it. For listeners, they're not all spelled right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I particularly like L.A. because I, I LA. think when I read that as a kid, I did not know what L.A. was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one to decipher. <laughs> E-L-L-A-Y, for those Under of Under my who... umbrella, L-A, L-A. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, so, okay. Stuff. Let's, all right. I, I know we're two hours in. No, we're good. Let's, let's, we're good. Let's we're get, on good pace. Let's get to the meat of this. <laughs> let's get to the part I'm excited to talk about here. All right, so they, they land in Hollywood. And they make their way to a house uh, where they meet uh, a Mr. Lowenstein, who is a movie guy, maybe a producer. I don't think it's explicitly said. And uh, Jenny, who uh, considers herself an actress but has never acted. She, I mean, she's a, she's a thought, basically. <laughs> uh, 
And the two of them think that the the two Hork Bajir are like guys from the studio in alien costumes or something. But but Edris and, and Essam they they grab these two and they infest them and they kill their Hork Bajir. And they're like, all, all right, so now we've got these two. And Essam is in Lowenstein and Edris is in Jenny. Um, and we get a long discussion between Essam and Edris about who these two people they just infested are, and th- th- as they're trying to figure out like. Who are humans? What are they like? Um, and as the memory dump concludes here, uh, some of those themes of who humans are uh, come back as Visser 3 and Visser 1 yell at each other about whether stealth or force is the correct approach to take over them. Uh, so I don't know if you remember this, but a long time ago I asked you a question. What do you think the hardest drug ever, like, explicitly referenced in Animorphs is. <laughs> I don't know if you remember what you said. I don't remember. Do you remember what I said? I do. You you guessed correctly. <laughs> you, <write this> down? <laughs> you guessed correctly that it was cocaine. Uh, so Jenny here, uh, Jenny Lynn Cadwallader. Uh, everyone calls her name's Jenny Lynn, but everyone calls her Jenny Lines on account of how many lines of coke she's always doing. Wait a minute. That's yeah. <laughs> I did like not... why else do would they call her Jenny Lines? <laughs> I. <laughs> That's that is why they call like they say that she is addicted to a powdery like white substance. But uh, slightly earlier, they're like her name is Jenny Lynn, but everyone calls her Jenny Lines, and there's really only one reason that could be true. I 100%. I don't know what this says. Am I just this innocent or, but I, I mean, there, you're, there clearly are those drug, re- drug references later yeah. are explicit. They don't say cocaine, yeah. but they say drugs, but yeah, they do everything in their power to say cocaine, but they're not actually allowed to say, I it. definitely was like, oh, cause she's an actress. She reads lines. <laughs> <laughs> A hundred percent didn't, didn't think about it twice. That's just what I thought. Yeah. Well, she's never actually acted. She just says she's an actress. That's insane. <laughs> right? That it's is fucking insane. crazy. <laughs> I cannot believe, but that is, cr- that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they. she really goes balls to the wall in this section. Because this is also the section where she says that Lowenstein is a Holocaust survivor. She like, does? <laughs> she, she, wait, fuck? really? Okay. What no, was I Essam, reading? <laughs> Essam says, uh, where does he say it? Uh, oh, fuck. I have the, the line somewhere here. Uh, he says that in his youth... He lived in a different country, and he lived through, quote, what the humans consider to be the most horrific torture and deprivation in their history, unquote. I just thought that meant, God, did I, I don't remember what I thought. I'm, I mean, I'm, maybe, I remember reading I, I, I can't, inter- I can't figure out how to interpret it any other way, right? <laughs> I don't know if I thought maybe that just meant, like, he lived through it, like, he was alive mm. during it. <laughs> I imagined him as being a kid in a concentration camp. Like, I feel like as a kid, I was just like, oh, he was like in Auschwitz. My God. (laughs) Where is, I got to find this. Oh, here here it is. This human has suffered what the humans consider. Yeah, I guess. guess. Must be. I guess. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Why? Like I said, as a kid, I read it like that, and I just, I don't see any reason not to. I mean, because I feel like that's, I feel like they've referred to it that way when they had to explain to Axe what the Holocaust was before. Yeah. But, like, these are just things that I just glossed over because I just wasn't, I was just focusing on the plot, you know? I wasn't, like, thinking about mm. this stuff. And I also, I probably just was not expecting it from this book, so I wasn't. I was just like, I'm sure it's, I don't know what that means. I just keep reading because I don't that's, have a brain. That's uh, even better though. Cause like that, that may, that, that's really what makes this, this bit so impactful is you're just like, Jesus Christ lady, you're really going all in on these two here. That is God. That is so weird. But how <laughs> old is this guy? Uh, let's see. 91. If he was a kid, he could easily be 50 or 60. And he, so he's German <laughs> and he's, I guess, or and Polish his, and his parents, or like came, he's Jewish from his, his name's Lowenstein. So he's yes, Jewish, probably and, German. And he works in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so he came from, his parents immigrated and they probably changed their name at Ellis Island to Lowenstein mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he grew up in Hollywood. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what the fuck is happening? <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't even had a chance to to say Jenny Lynn Cadwallader. <laughs> Cadwallader. Fuck off. Okay, Applegate. I'm I've glad heard that name before. Not in like a Twilight Zone anymore. episode. <laughs> fuck off. No, you haven't because it's not, not in a real, real life. Name. But I've heard it in fiction. It's not real. It's Cadwallader. <laughs> I don't know what that it's an Arkansas name. But. One of those needs to leave. It, Cad, 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 Cadwaller, Cadwadder. Cad it's too many syllables. Something needs to go. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> just, oh, you know just what? Just call her Jenny Lines. Oh, this is, I, wait, I have a note about this. I, how do I, how did I forget this? <laughs> this is what I thought this meant. <laughs> Again, suffered the most terrific torture and deprivation experience in his youth. Even a taxon would find cruel. So I, I honed in on the part about it being in his youth. I wrote down, <laughs> was Lonnie Lowenstein molested? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. There is no more information about that in part two. So what you, what you see here, you're just going to have to draw whatever conclusions you want from that. If, if you want to go with your theory, that's fine. If you want to go with my theory, that's also fine. So, I mean, the part about torture and deprivation sounds more like what you said, but yeah, that was, when I read that, that was my immediate thought was maybe he was molested. But I clearly was, I was bewildered by this. I didn't know what to make of it, honestly. So now so, I Okay, no. Here, here's the question. So did I just jump there because I am a racist? Or did you <laughs> not jump there because you are a bad Jew? I mean, clearly I'm a bad Jew. I'm not... <laughs> Yeah, if I if I was a good little brainwashed Jewish boy like I was supposed to be, I I would you know I'd be thinking about the Holocaust all the time, but I I never am. So, <laughs> okay, 
By the way, what is the movie The Zone of Interest about? Because I didn't get much from it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was kind of confusing to me. I was like, why is this just a movie about a nice family with some noisy yeah. neighbors? <laughs> Wish they would shut up, but they got a nice pool and everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, oh, folks. <laughs> Yeah, that, this is the last episode we're going to be doing of this show. <laughs> I'm glad we drove everybody away at the beginning. I thought it was a joke when I was talking about that, but it, was, it wasn't a joke. I'll bring us, <laughs> no, I'll bring us back around full circle because you, you said Jenny is a thought. And I, I, I've been picturing mm. her as um, Roller Girl from Boogie Nights. Mm. <laughs> and, and the cocaine makes it even more. I think that's yeah. who she is. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you got it. Yeah. Right on the money there. <laughs> so, all right. Shall we move on? Well, can I can I give you a list of human occupations that Essam gets from uh, Mr. Lowenstein here? Yeah. Yeah, he says, My host's memory catalogs hundreds of possible human occupations. Producer, director, actor, assistant director, gaffer, best boy, pool boy, driver, wardrobe assistant, caterer, studio head, Banker, car detailer, therapist, East Coast money guy, many, many occupations. <laughs> yeah, I'm a f- I like the money guy. Yeah, East Coast money guy is very good. Yeah, um, good. many occupations. But yeah, the, the yeah the basic setup here is that um, uh, Visser One has been in a drug addict and a defeated soldier, and so she's like, oh, I get it. Humans are weak and easily susceptible, uh, whereas Essam's in the Holocaust survivor, and he says, no, no, humans have this inner strength that lets them, you know, handle even the most brutal of oppression. Uh, and so they're, the, and that's, you know, like I said, Visser 3 and Visser 1 kind of argue uh, on that same topic afterwards. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, actually, this is oh. the part, it's dropped in like one sentence here, and we don't find out much more here, but Visser 1 does explicitly say here that she founded the sharing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was, um, if we got to that yet, but yeah, that's, and yeah, again, yeah. I, I was like, so so Visser 1 took the first humans, created the sharing, and then she just, then she bounces, and then she's like, they're like, Visser 3, you do the rest. <laughs> We haven't gotten to this part in the story yet, mm-hmm. and I haven't read it ahead, so I don't. But right yeah. now, I'm just like, I'm really wondering, how does this become Visser Three's operation? Sort of seems like she masterminded the entire thing. Yeah, like at a certain point, they're just like, you're promoted, get out of here, we'll put that Visser Three guy on it. I mean, I, I will say this, you don't need, it's not spoilers to know that whenever she founded the sharing, it was before she went and got Marco's mom, because Marco does not think that his mom founded the sharing. So <laughs> right, she didn't do it. Well, I don't know if she yeah. did it as a human or if she just mm-hmm. planted the idea for someone else to do or, you know, I yeah. don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh All right. So so they're having this whole argument Visser 3 and Visser 1 and uh, about whether they should use force or stealth uh when suddenly the trial is interrupted because <gasps> the animorphs are attacking them. Um these these two Hork-Bajir turn traitor, like one of them starts shooting at them and the other one opens up the door and lets in a tiger and a bear and they charge in an attack and this massive fight breaks out and the council is like cheering them on like it's a gladiator battle. 
Um, and then, and then Visser three like beheads the tiger and they drake on the bear and they kill the hork and Visser one is like, oh, wait, this is, this is too easy. The Visser three just staged this whole thing. That was just like a, he just led a tiger and a bear in so he could like show <laughs> off to the council that he's a super badass. Um, and now the council is going to be like, oh, he's so cool. He's not incompetent at all. Look how he killed those Andalite bandits. Um, and Visser one's thinking to herself that her only chance is to contact the real, uh, quote unquote bandits. Um, though she doesn't know how she'll do that yet, which if you remember the, uh, ending of, of book 35, somehow she she's going to do that. Uh, she, she calls Marco on the phone at the end of that. Oh, book. right. Right. I, yeah. yeah. Now, oh yeah. Right. That's going to happen, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's gotta happen. It's being continued in Visser. Oh, well, now I'm even more excited because I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Um, don't have that much to say about this action sequence. You run it. I mean, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a cool idea, and it 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 it, it did fool me at, at first. Although, mm-hmm. well, at first I thought, well, because first it just started with the Horkbajirs. Yeah. So I was like, oh, are they animorphs, or maybe they're the freed Horkbajirs that are undercover. Mm-hmm. And then I was, e- even though I believed it at first, I was thinking like, you know, usually the Animorphs are like busting up a, a meeting at the Burger King of some Yurks. They're not usually yeah. like, this is some pretty high stakes shit. Who, how did Eric get this Intel? You know? Yeah. <laughs> this is a big deal. So like there was the, the hints that this is a little fishy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny that, <laughs> that the, he just got a bear from the zoo or from the woods. And it was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, they're usually like this thing and that thing. <laughs> I'll just cut their heads off. It's pretty yeah. good. Uh, you know, the implication is almost that Visser three knows more about the animals, the animals that the animals morph <laughs> than he does about humans. Like he got, he got a, the right bear. He, he's trying to feed Visser one fucking a head of lettuce, but he got the right bear. Cause he care, he cares about that. Yeah, right. Well, they're his Batman, you know. Right. He, yeah. Except for except for the one part where he thinks they're Andalites that he doesn't realize, but otherwise he loves them. Right. Um, it's like how the Joker thinks that Bruce Wayne is a bat. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that is what it is. You know, Joker doesn't want to know Batman's identity, right? So mm-hmm. maybe that's yeah. Visser Three's like, no, they're just they're Andalites and animals. I don't. That's all I want to know. That's the fun. We. It's been multiple times now that that his uh, his underlings have been all like, yeah, we suspect they might be humans, but I'm not telling him. (laughs) So so you might be on the money with that one. Of course, as we know, Marco has become the Joker, so it confuses the metaphor a little. Um, That's true. This is also and we are we're right about to get to it, but we this is Mm -hmm. when Visser one. Well, first of all, Visser three. We established that Visser Three wants all-out war. Like he's yes. tired of the subterfuge and the hiding. He just wants to eliminate and exterminate humans. Just fucking go at it. Well, not exterminate, but you know, conquer them. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I'm kind of going. Well, well then. Well, so why doesn't he do it? What's stopping him? Because right. the council is ordering him not to, and he's loyal. Okay. Sure. All right. I believe that. Then fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I, and I think that is part of what this trial. Well, there, we'll see more in the second half, but that is part of what this trial has been about, right? Is is Visser three making a case to to the uh, to the council that like, hey, 
we're doing this stealth thing because Visser 1 says so, but she's a traitor and a liar and she sucks. You should do my thing, right? And, and like, watch me kill all these Andalite bandits. See, if we could just fight them, I'd kill them like I killed the, that tiger. Wouldn't that be awesome? And, and Visser 1's over here like, no, don't listen to that dumbass. You should do things my way and I'm a valuable yerk and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. It's all, this whole thing also is just suspicious because it's like, so the bandits that you've been fighting for like a, over a year that, and then you, why didn't you just kill them like this earlier? <laughs> it yeah. doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, they, they make a point of being like a lot of the council members are like, yeah, that was awesome. But Garoff in particular is like, yeah. hmm, yes, very convenient. Visser three. Aren't you the lucky one? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But it also in a way makes him look more incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Are, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but this is when also then Visser One says there are two humans I won't allow mm. to be killed. Yes. Yeah. She gives. She drops a little hint that where you're like, whoa, what? Who are they? I wonder. Yeah, and that was very. I I didn't know. I I, I wrote down is is that Marco and his dad? <laughs> she loves them. <laughs> You know, there is some, you you could almost read that because there's a bit at the very beginning, like as she's leaving where she checks in on Marco and it's very ambiguous whether she mm. does it so that Ava will stop screaming at her or whether she's legitimately doing it. And it's not 100% clear. So like, I, I think at that particular point, you, you could easily read it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But, but we will very quickly find out the truth. Yes, we will. Um... All right, so whatever, that they, they, they killed the fake Andalites, and they're back to the trial. And at this point, they're, a- after they, Essam and um, Edris infested uh, Lowenstein and Jenny lines, uh, there is now a 14th, 14-month period where they made no memory dumps, and they made no contact with the Yurk Empire. So just a 14-month blank stretch. Nobody knows what happened here. Um... But rather than let her continue to tell the story, Visser 3 is like, I have a witness. And he calls in his witness, who is a crazy, alcoholic, homeless man named Spacey. <laughs> um, no relation. Yeah. So, uh, but we, we he find comes in out and he's here. like, let me be frank. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, when he actually comes in, is he goes, they're all real, see? Hork-Bajir, Andalites, I'm not crazy. You wouldn't happen to have a bottle on you, would you? That's that's <laughs> what he actually says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but we find out that this guy, we find out, A, that Essam is dead. But even though Essam is dead, uh, this guy used to be Essam's host. And Visser 3 starts interrogating this crazy alcoholic guy, and, uh, and he says a couple of things. He says that even though Essam had infested him, uh, he and Essam considered themselves friends. He says that uh, Edris, uh, Visser 1, used to live in a woman named Allison Kim, and that um, he and Essam were in love with Edris and Allison Kim, and they married each other. And he thinks that that Edris was was in love with him too. And the twist is that the two of them, after falling in love and getting married in their human hosts, had two children together. They had twins, a boy and a girl. So I this is this is the twist, right? And this just, is where I cut off the book. Just to reiterate, because it's uh, there's a lot uh-huh. of names happening here. It's, this could yeah. be a little confusing. 
Just to simplify. Fair. Yeah. Visser I realized w- that as I was saying it. <laughs> Visser won and her her assistant, her second in command, got fell in love and had babies. Yes. In their human hosts. Right. Well, yeah. But yeah. Not, not Hork-Bajir babies, human babies. <laughs> right. Human babies and... And there's some implication that the humans may have at least, because it, at the very least, Essam and his host considered themselves friends. So there's some implication that they're, yeah. Maybe they anyway, like, the, wanted it or something. They were part of this relationship. Yeah, we, we don't know yet. They're we don't, we, we'll, we'll find out where, what's going on. But, but yes, at the, 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 the point is that his, he claims that the human sympathizer uh, uh, treason by sympathy with humans or whatever claim is is true. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's wild yeah. stuff. It's it's, it's, wild it's intriguing. Stuff. It's a it's a good cliffhanger. It's a good twist. Mm-hmm. It, it I mean, sure is. I'm just I'm waiting to find out more. I don't know. I'm 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 intrigued. I don't know what else to say about it yet. <laughs> but yeah, I hope everyone's intrigued because that's that's we're, we'll we'll find out next week. I do like. There was some also some good. Uh, dismissive language about street crazies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it came from Visser 1, and she's evil, so it's okay. Yes, so that's fine. Well, yeah, I just wish they would really explicitly tell me she's evil, you know? Mm, okay, that's uh, fair. Because I've been emulating her behavior in real life, thinking it's what they wanted me to do. And well, Same. You know, I've been, I've been murdering and <laughs> taking over druggies and producer and Holocaust victims. <laughs> Anyway, most of, most of them are dead. Most of them are dead. Yeah, so it's um, okay then. Are they, maybe they all are. I don't know how many are left. Anyway, we, that's not for us to decide today. That's the, <laughs> I don't think that's us for, for us to decide ever. Well, I don't think that's a decision we should be taking into our own hands. Not, we could, but maybe. If there's any left, we could. <laughs> That's the end of this episode, though. So, so yeah. So next week we're gonna. This is just gonna be a two-parter. So next week we will be yeah. finishing Visser. Yes, and that's yeah, when I'll two-parter. be able to really give you the fully formed thoughts mm-hmm. that that you already have, but I don't have yet. Yeah, it'll be exciting, and I'll I'll get to to refresh my thoughts. Yeah, not your not your Jenny, <laughs> cattle welders. The good news is, oh, what a refreshing book this is compared to last week's because very few pop culture references yeah. we have to go over. Yeah. There are some, though. This isn't, you know, the hork Chronicle. Well, I guess that one still had, like, Party of Five, whatever. Yeah. They they all they always manage to put in a few. There, I don't think there yeah. are any with none. <laughs> I think we had, like, a part of a book with none, like 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 one of the thirds maybe. of the Andalite Chronicles or something, or one of that the thirds of the true. Hork-Bajir. But yeah. I don't even know if that's true, though, because they like Andalite Chronicles. They pick up the humans yeah, pretty early. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they slip them in. Yeah. OK. And I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Tobias, when he's getting going to hear the story from yeah. Toby, is probably like, this reminds me of Friends or whatever the fuck he says. It, that, that's what I said. When he first he's oh, goes, he he's like, they, he, they would. I don't know what a hork story is like, but I bet it's not exactly party of five. <laughs> right. That's well, anyway, <laughs> anyway. We're going to go over the ones in this, the first half of this book. Uh, we have, when she first lands on Earth, our first one, the TV. Welcome back to today. In this half hour, we'll be talking with our panel of military analysts about the latest developments in Operation Desert Storm. That's how we know where we're at. 
Mm-hmm. Now, here's one I wonder if you picked up on. She says that Earth has X-ray detectors. <laughs> now, X-ray is originally a it's a copyrighted term. It it was it was named by a scientist, <laughs> Professor X. That's right. That's his ray. <laughs> I did not pick up on that. I did not know that that's a copyrighted term. I think term. that's true. Didn't because didn't that come up in another book? I Th- thought that's maybe, why I knew I that. Know. Maybe I'm am I wrong? <laughs> that would be really funny if you were wrong, especially if I didn't challenge you on it. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, oh, if you say it, I believe it. I mean, he didn't. They're not like he did discover them and name it that. Like you could have. I don't know. I guess. I guess we're maybe we're stretching the definition of what's a reference of a. We like always cer- do that, though. At a certain point, all words are made up. <laughs> like, we don't have a lot this book, so we got we to gotta stretch to fill up. I thought maybe this was like a, you know, like a Novocaine thing where it was like a gray area. And it was it used to be like x-ray machines were like copyrighted maybe by somebody who made them. But maybe that's not true. I mean, we call them x like in physics, we call them x-rays. Yeah. But okay. I don't know if that means anything. Maybe I'm just saying total bullshit. <laughs> Listen, I, I'll I'll just go with whatever you say, and so will the listeners. So feel free to <laughs> Well, this is the whatever trick. You want. This is how you get engagement in podcasts is you mm. sh- you say shit that's wrong because nothing will get people to write emails and keep listening like you being wrong. <laughs> Right. See, I already knew that. So every single time that I, you thought I was wrong in the podcast, it was actually on purpose to try to farm engagement. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, she, she sees on TV a, a show that has adjustable intensity beam weapons that they call phasers. And there's a ship moving at warp factor six. So I'm, both of these seem to be references to Star Trek. Yeah, uh, what else could... It's K.A. Applegate. Of course, it's Star Trek. <laughs> yep. Uh, the producer, Lowenstein, says, upon seeing the hork this is way too alien for what I need. I was looking for something more E.T. Okay, a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. Jenny says she's better looking than most actresses. I mean, have you really looked at Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know, kind of a... I guess we're not supposed to like Jenny, maybe, but feels like uh, it feels like pitting women against women here. I don't know. I'm not sure that I support this writing. K. Applegate it doesn't feel like good feminist writing to me. I don't know. Here, here's a question for you, John. Have you really looked at Sarah Jessica Parker? I mean, like really looked. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker also does sound like a name Kay Applegate might make up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> so, uh, interesting first half of the book. I'm excited to read the rest of it. It's, it isn't quite what I had envisioned, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, even because of that damn cover misleading <laughs> me, but... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see where, in some ways, it seems like I can see where this is headed. Like, we know what it is leading up to Visser 3 and the invasion of Earth and everything. But, and even with the wrinkle of the kids, 
we've we've sort of seen something similar to that with with Elfangor. So I'm mm-hmm. curious how what they do, how different it feels from that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Exciting. Good, good uh, bullet points to jot down so they there can be go. discussed next time. <laughs> That's I'm right. I'm not going to do that. This we came in practically under time this episode. We, we did great. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised we kept it so short. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. Whole other episode next week to discuss the rest of Visser. If you are listening and you have thoughts on Visser, email us, theyerkyboys at gmail.com. Uh, we'll answer any of your questions or comments, or you can tell me what a fucking dumbass I am for not understanding x-rays. And that's also where you can go. We're going to be having our season recap in a couple of weeks. So if you have just thoughts in general about the last set of books, uh, beginning with book 23, 23. <laughs> is it 20? Yeah. 23. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, send those in too. I'll, I'll, I'll give that shout out again next week so that, people remember but we'll be giving some recap thoughts at that point uh we yeah. also have a patreon yeah we also do have a patreon uh patreon.com slash the yerky boys uh where we discuss other uh, you know if we can justify it as being vaguely animorphs related we'll cover it um this next week we're going to be covering uh, a short story that was mentioned in an email one time all you zombies and the movie uh based on that short story what is it predestination that's correct that's correct okay good i'm glad i got it right you got it uh, right so tune in there if you'd like this was this reference came from an email from uh, Chandler. I, I, I looked it up. I think that's uh, who it's oh, from. And the guy who is pissed that I am. I keep supposedly spoiling things for you. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I don't know. If we, like I Ava's name. I don't remember if we had uh, another correspondence with Chandler or if he's a Patreon member. But if you're listening, Chandler, this one's for you. So you better you better sign up. Yeah. And I think there's a chance he stopped listening and never heard. Yeah, it. this is for no one. But so be it. Yeah, it's fine. Well, it's fine. It's a it's a time travel story. So, but other than that, we'll talk about it on the Patreon about how it's related. Um, if you want to follow me online, I'm on Blue Sky. We're both on Blue Sky, which thanks to a, a listener, which I think um, it's now public. Blue Sky. Oh yeah, that's it's now true. open to the public. So so if if you were not a privileged member, now you can follow us there. Everybody can and and hear our thoughts and read our thoughts. I'm at Jonathan Estes there. And hey, if you liked if you liked hearing about Visser 1 on trial. Oh good. Yeah. Imagine hearing about Geeks on Trial. That's my other podcast that I have. Uh it's called Geeks on Trial and we judge geeky disputes amongst folks and it's oh it's a whole lot of fun if you like geeky media. So go check that out on your podcast platform of choice. I'm not in that one, so if you don't like me, that's the perfect place to go. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I'm also technically on Blue Sky, though I haven't really been looking at it, uh, at Dog Times McGee. Uh, maybe I will go back now that it's public. You really like Elon, so that's sort of been your thing. You don't want to like, <laughs> right, you, you don't I, be disloyal to him. You know how it is. I'm a stan. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next time when we'll finish talking about Visser, uh, in which a person is infested with a yerk on <laughs> the Yerky Boys. What do you want from me? 